What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK, live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Friday, February 23rd, 20 and 24, and the Buck and I are with you for the next two hours on today's show. Where does Steve Sarkeesian rank amongst the best coaches in the SEC? We've got a list that we will get into. Plus, can Texas basketball win its last ever game against the Kansas Jayhawks at Allen Fieldhouse tomorrow? We will preview Texas at Kansas on the hardwood. Some Texas baseball conversation as well as the Longhorns open up a three-game series at the Dish tonight. We will talk some NFL. Justin Fields, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, with some interesting comments on a recent podcast appearance We'll talk about what that means for the top of the upcoming NFL draft and the future of Justin Fields in Chicago. Our man Chris Phillips from SEC Unfiltered will be joining us in the 9 o'clock hour to talk all things SEC football, of course, as the Longhorns get ready to make the move into the toughest conference in college football. We've got plenty of fun as well, some weird pictures that we've got to show the people and uh, something that's going to make both of us feel incredibly old today. A lot to talk about between now and 10 o'clock. But, hey, first and foremost, good morning, Buck. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, BK. And what a wonderful uh, Thursday it was. How hot was that? That was like a summertime. That was like being in the summer. I mean, at, at some places it was 90 degrees, I believe, yesterday. Some spots in, in around our area. But I know it was in the high 80s for sure. And you could feel every bit of it. You know, I know that you, you've got to be, you were on campus yesterday, so you think you may be the big man, but you're a little tired this morning, a little sore, big man sore this morning from moving around, having that body wake up to, I mean, it's not even spring. This is summer. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I guess it's better than the alternative, right? I'll take 90 in yeah, February oh yeah. over 20 in February, like we've had in years past, but yeah, it was hot outside yesterday it wasn't like warm like unseasonably warm no it was hot yesterday and yeah, I, I was with intern brock and new intern ella on campus from ella? like ella, ella? Mm -hmm. any thoughts on that sounds good what about mason the crier the, the, the crier stopped by for a little okay. bit all right as he, was, as he was leaving class he was crying he only got an 89 on one of his projects <laughs> I'm sorry about that, Cryer. He was in tears oh walking through campus yesterday. But we were out there from like 2 to 5, so right in the heart of the heat. And, dude, I was sweating. And I'm a little sunburned. I couldn't tell you the last time I've been sunburned in February. And I got a little wow. color yesterday. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was toasty for sure. Well, uh, and thank you to the folks at Sue Patrick's for having us again. To Jay and Sue Patrick, we do appreciate that. And. It's always fun going over there and playing with the now the new gel jelly cats, which I ended up buying two of those for my grandkids. Yeah, yeah. I went back. You know, I went on the way back. We had a little meeting last night and some some dinner at Jack Allen's. But I stopped by on the way and bought the football jelly cat. Dude, you bought two jelly cats yesterday? Yeah, I bought the soccer jelly cat for my granddaughter. And, and for my little grandson, I bought the football jelly cat okay those things what are I, I, I can't even explain what they are i mean i i don't you know i never play with dolls 
You know, my son had my buddy, the black, my buddy. You know, they never messed with the, the little beanie babies. They never did all that stuff. They bypassed that because my son had the original my buddy as his good friend. So it was just really, it, it was, it, it was kind of weird before, you know, before we adopted my son, Kyle, when we were in Illinois, but the, my buddy was like his little brother. He wanted to have a little brother. They could sit beside his little car with him and drive around in. And so he had the black, my buddy, but dude, Benny beanie babies. And now this thing or whatever they are, they're, 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 they're like animals. They're, Food, their swan. I mean, what is the, what's the deal? It's the new craze, and it was hilarious doing a show in front of a bunch of stuffed animals at Sue Patrick yesterday. But wow, we were, we were talking to our man Jay, and he's like, "Dude, this is the craze right now. This is what everyone's buying. This is what's going to help me pay my rent this year." Girls so, on campus walking around with with jelly cat bags and stuff. I didn't see too many jelly cats on campus yesterday, but I'm sure a few UT students have a few of those things. Wow. And now I'm not sure if you bought them for your grandkids or if you're just trying to use them as a cover-up. You're actually just no, buying dude. them for yourself. They're 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 cuddly and stuff, but no, I no. I'm a like I'm a man of the earth. I touch the earth, so you can't come in and start playing with the jelly cats then because they can get dirty really quickly. Look at those things. My wife was looking. Look at that. So, yeah, just did a Google image search for Jelly Cat. If you didn't watch our show yesterday morning, number one, where were you? Number two, here's a little visual aid so you know kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, Sue Patrick's got the biggest selection of Jelly Cats all throughout Austin. Of course, they still have the great Longhorn gear as well. The Bucks wear that UT hat from Sue Patrick. And so everything that you've known Sue Patrick for for decades, they've still got. But this is the new thing right now that – Women and children and even some guys apparently are falling in love with. I'm kind of liking that little turtle down there to the right. Oh, I never had right a, I never, Yeah. That one, that dude, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> that turtle that guy, right that there. That guy looks, looks pissed. Most of them look pretty happy, but this turtle yeah. looks mad at the world. Yeah, with that shell on his back all his life. He probably should be pissed. But yeah. you know, I I that that turtle right there is smarter than my dog, so that's cool. Uh, and there's the sunshine one, the sunflower. Yep. Yeah, I, I got two of those. I had to buy the football one with the little legs over there. And they all have like little eyes and legs and stuff. It is, it's a nice craze, but it's weird. Mm. I'll just say that. It's it's a little weird. You know, I, I, I brought the one, I brought the little soccer ball home. My wife went like nuts. I'm like, wait a minute. You don't get all this excited over. It's a, it's a like, stuffed animals she goes oh those are so unbelievable i'm like really what in the hell you just got through spending a, the weekend with the rhinoceros up in fredericksburg like a live rhinoceros and now you get back here and the little soccer ball is driving you crazy man i'm gonna go get a whole boatload of those things and throw at her there you go i guess that's why right she's exhibit a yeah People thank you thank rough. you thank you thanks to the folks for having us out and hope we sold some Jelly cats and some other gear. They had a lot of baseball gear. I love the baseball stuff for the kids. That when they go to the games, they can have the the union just about the oh, hat, yeah. the shirt. I mean, that stuff's that's cool. That's my next that's my next buy. I can see that coming right now. So I got these little grandsons that are around in that age. You know, that four or five. Let's put it on them so they can be big leaguers. You know, 
Yeah, and I love how you said you don't play with stuffed animals when you literally have like a tiny little figurine that you play with every single day on this show. That dude's not stuffed. That dude is real. That's a that's a man. I'm a man. Uh-oh. That's right. He's got competition I'm now. What the, who the hell is that? Future who is that Famer, brother? Adrian Beltre. Oh. I got my own figurine now. This one's bigger and he bobbles is that what like a Domin do? dominican brother well dominican my still i don't i don't want this dude moving around i need him to be stable that guy is moving his head because he doesn't want anybody to touch his hair yeah he does hate when people touch his head the bobble yeah, head does too. yeah look at that goofy hat he has on come Way on better than jeter look jeter's on a knee bowing down to adrian beltre wow yeah that guy is now right there now Jeter's Jeter's not liking that. Jeter's liable to show up now. Jeter's showing up at the next event. How about the win? I thought that was a Bucky bobblehead. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. I got that with me and Bob Cole. You know, Bob Cole. I've got a bobblehead like that. I think I still have one around. I saw him at a couple garage sales. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas. The soldiers in the state of Texas and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so much for what you do. It is appreciated, and do be safe out there. And hydrate, folks. Get the hydration going because, man, yesterday, wow, which told me, here's here's a little quickie. I um, I looked at my Farmer's Almanac when I was in the uh, in the store yesterday. I was, yeah, I went to I went by Lowe's before I went to see, see you guys last night, and I looked in the Almanac. Almanac's a little off. It was supposed to be a little bit colder. But it was that that it was that groundhog. That's the dude that did it. Ponsatani Phil added for us. How about that? Good job there, Ponsatani. Too bad you didn't help him out back east. Although mm. it's starting to warm up a little bit back there. Snow's melting. Snow yeah. is snow is melting. So, but I also met a lady who was buying her tomatoes, and I agree. You you're okay. I generally say before you start putting stuff in the ground, wait till spring break. You don't have to wait. We're not, it's it's not, we're not getting that frost. No. Really? We're good. we're good to go. You can start putting in your vegetables because hell, your vegetables may burn up by by the end of April, the way the temperature is going right now, which means we got another one of those summers coming up. Oh yeah. Well, we would have had that regardless of how winter was here in Austin. It's but always like that, yes. Yeah. Generally a milder winter does lead to a much hotter and drier summer. So I think we're all expecting that. But uh, you are officially declaring that springtime is upon us here in Austin, Texas, USA, America. Yes, it is. If you've got if you've got things that you want to get in the ground, if you want to do your tomatoes, do them because if you wait till April, which my my tomatoes arrived the first week of April from my TGVC TV or whatever that is. Um, I'm going to be, you know what, out of luck. Once I put those in the ground, it's probably going to be so hot that they're either going to have to grow in a hurry and I'm going to have to take the tomatoes off or they're going to die on the vine because it's going to be that hot. I don't mm -hmm. like it. I, I, you know, I don't mind the spring. I don't mind 80s, mid 80s. But dude, we're in a, we're in a verge of 90 degrees yesterday. That's that was an awful feeling. That didn't feel that great yesterday. And I wasn't on campus like you running around lifting chairs and stuff. That had to be brutal. Oh, it was hot. 
Yeah, it wasn't even fun yesterday. I mean, it was annoyingly hot on campus, walking around with those tables and chairs that we bring to our live broadcasts. How did the girls? It, how did the girls see you when you were toting stuff? They see you oh, as the big man, or just it, hey, dude, these steroids are working, baby. <laughs> I mean, oh. I got I got more than fifty phone numbers yesterday. Like my confidence is as high as it's ever been. Dude, you know you're not on that campus any longer. You're not. You don't go to school there anymore. Uh, there were a few like different student organizations that came oh, up to me. Oh, grad some graduates, and they were like, "Can we interview you for something?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course." What do you want to talk about? And they're like, "You're a UT student, right?" And I'm like, "I was in 2012." And they went like, "What?" And they're like, "Uh, no, never mind." No. And then I'm like, <laughs> "Ah, we've got we've got two UT students here because Brock and Ella are both UT students." I was like, "Talk to them instead," but you have to subscribe on youtube so nice that was our thing yeah we uh we'll be on campus a few more times hopefully a few of the college students who subscribed yesterday are tuned in awesome. this morning thank but, you uh, yeah we're doing a raffle for some ariat boots and nice. yeah we're going to be on campus a few different times this semester trying to get more students to subscribe to tsu yeah we are in the sec in most well in the big sport right now we're still gotta we gotta finish out in the big 12 so let's take some championships on the way you know? Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't mind that at all. All right, before we dive into the uh, first Texas football conversation of the day, Buck, I wanted to give you a little reward. It is Friday, after all. How about a That's video good. from your favorite? Oh. Yep, last night, the LSU women's basketball team was taking on Auburn. Oh, yeah. And there was a foul call in the second quarter of this game that your girl, Kim Mulkey, was not very fond of. I cut out the sound because it was a little bit choppy so you and I can talk and kind of describe what's going on here. My voice dissipates for a half second. Here it is from last night. Kim Mulkey. Getting angry at a call. Losing her mind. She goes right up in a ref's face. Boy, how much would you pay to be that referee right now, Buck? The guy's horrified. That would be like her coming up to you. That guy is so scared right now. Look at him. Come on, man up. She's got the hands on the hips look. Now a different ref is coming over. She's letting her have it. Oh, she's getting close there. Oh, the kick. Oh, she is pissed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, would you, if you were that close to Kim Mulkey, would you have like put your hand around her and pulled her in for a kiss? No, I may, but do you think she smells like a fresh salad? Like Cliff Kingsbury, she's kind of close. Well, you say Cliff Kingsbury smells like a freshly tossed salad, which I think yeah. is very different than a fresh salad. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I so mean, are you asking me if I think Mulkey smells like a tossed salad? Or just I never like a, said the word tossed. I just said a fresh salad. No, you always say the word tossed. Look at Look that at kick that. right there. I like that kick. She's That's probably she just probably came from doing a show in Vegas with that kick. That's right, one of the Can Can girls. Nothing wrong with that. She's in mm. great shape. You want her as a go-go dancer? Yeah, sporting extra smalls on today. Yeah, what do you think of the get-up for Kim Mulkey? Yeah, that looks like... Um, not too flashy, not too over the top. Oh, no. No. She's rocking the purple, of course, for LSU. T two shades of purple. I don't think I, I'm not fond of the gray. I think that's a light purple, her. no? What do you think? You think that's gray? Yeah, that gray, those pants, those, uh, got the, sorry, slacks. She's got the bell bottoms going on. I know. That's, come on, Kim. 
I don't like that outfit. I want the flashy stuff. Mm. Give me the deep purple. Give me deep purple, some gold there. You want her to be playing smoke on the water on guitar or something? What do you mean deep purple? Oh, yeah. Give me some deep purple there. I don't understand that. That's not flashy. That's just kind of basic. Yeah, Look at her was... hair. Her hair is not, nothing special about that hairdo today. You know what I mean? Not doing it for you, huh? I do like the hands on the hips, though. Oh, yeah. She's got that look. She's raising her voice. She's getting into the face of two officials. See that move right there? She looks like she's getting ready for Rodeo Austin. Way to go, coach. Bring it yeah. on. Come on down here to Rodeo Austin here in hey, She didn't bring out her best, right? It was just a midweek game against an unranked yeah, Auburn team. So she saves her best outfits for the biggest matchups. Oh, yeah. Like when she's in Vegas, places like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When she knows the eyes of the nation will be upon her. She bought those slacks where I get my where I got my stuff from the Kevin Hart group, whatever that Fabletics. She needs to get try to get her money back for those. Did you ever get your money back for those? I did. By the way, no way. they gave me extra payment. They went, past, they went past the November deal and they threw in an extra fifty nine ninety five into my into my coffers. So congratulations. Yeah. Not only did I get out of the membership, but remember, we got to see what happens in March. When March 6th comes around, we'll see if that thing shows up again. You know, it was supposed to stop in November, but it showed up in, in February. So I'm thinking I should be off the books, period. There should be any. They, they have nothing, nothing on me. I'm going to say it's going to show up again. And then I'm going to I'm going to bitch and moan and get seven more deals from them. This could be this could be a, this could be a new job for me. I was about to say, I'm where you're going to quit. Texas Sports Unfiltered to just cash in on Kevin Hart every month. <laughs> this would be great. This would be great if they keep paying me seven payments for four payments of a, of, of the deal that they've screwed me on. I'm making out. That's looking at that's a profit, isn't it? No, oh, you're making out with Kevin Hart now. No, that's that's a good deal for me. Sure. And I deserve that after what they've done to me, all the stress they put on me. They're yeah. fifty nine ninety five. Hopefully, it's worth that sixty bucks that you just got. Hey, could have bought myself one of those jelly cats. Almost yeah. two. That's Almost right. Two. Got that. All one. right, let's dive into our first Texas football story of the day, Buck. This comes from our friends at Twenty Four Seven Sports. I'll give Brad Crawford the credit for this. He put together his ranking of the best coaches in the SEC. There will be 16 teams in the SEC once Texas and Oklahoma make the jump. So this is a 1 through 16 ranking, and I will share the screen. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see what we've got here. And obviously, we'll read down the list if you're tuned in on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app so you know what this list looks like. So we'll start at the top with number one. No surprise, right? Kirby Smart, the head coach at Georgia, he's got to be unanimously the best coach in the SEC, correct? Yes, no doubt. So then then it gets interesting, right? I mean, forever, Nick Saban would have been number one on this list, and then Kirby Smart would have been number two. But obviously, no more Nick Saban. So, you know, there's really no clear-cut number two, I think, in terms of the best coach in the best conference in the sport. But Brad Crawford has Brian Kelly at LSU as the second-best coach in the league. What say you? Wing is coach of Notre Dame history. Had a pretty nice first season at uh, – LSU, second season, not so much. You know he can recruit. You know LSU is going to continue to get better. So I think I think it's 2A and 2B. Yeah. Okay. Well, Steve Sarkeesian is number three. Is yeah. he the 2B for you? 
I would say yes. Okay. And then Kalen DeBoer at Alabama rounds out the top four of this ranking. Um, I, I like, even, and, and even though he's had a nice couple years at Washington, I would still put Dude at Tennessee as four and him at five. Kalen DeBoer at five? Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. You know I love Texas. You know I love Sark. You have to have Kalen DeBoer ranked ahead of Steve Sarkeesian. You do? You have okay. to. I know Kalen DeBoer's at a new job, and he's got to replace Nick Saban, you know, the greatest college football coach of all time. He talk about ginormous shoes to fill. He's got those. But, I mean, we these two coaches have coached against each other in each of the last two years, and one that's guy's 2-0, right. and oh, and that's not Steve Sarkeesian. And even if you want to throw out the Alamo Bowl, and, and we kind of did, you know, the game that you can't throw out, the college football playoff semifinal, like a month and a half ago, you know, Kalen DeBoer – with a team that was an underdog, beat Steve Sarkeesian in what was you know a neutral side game, but was a heavy Texas crowd. So I, right. like I love Sark. I feel great about Sark at Texas. That's well documented. But like you, you cannot have Steve Sarkeesian ranked ahead of Kalen DeBoer in a coaching power ranking for me. Now the argument against that would be well if Sark's still at the same school and DeBoer's going somewhere else. So that's why we've got Sark ahead of him. I guess I'd listen to that, but for me, DeBoer needs to be ahead of Steve Sarkeesian, so I would flip-flop those two guys. Brian okay. Kelly at two is interesting, though. Like, that's – I mean, that that feels more lifetime achievement than – It is. It current. is. Because he just had to replace his entire defensive coaching staff because they were so bad last year. Like, I guess a good thing for Brian Kelly is, well, he just had the Heisman winner on his team. That's pretty cool. But the bad news is he just wasted the Heisman winner because his defense was so bad because the guys on that side of the ball couldn't coach. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's why I said 2A, 2B. I mean, either one of those guys for me. And now I agree with you about DeBorg. I think, yes, he's he should be in front of Sark. But big man at Tennessee has had a couple of really nice years. Yeah. From where, so from where, from where they've been. Big man at Tennessee. What are you calling him? A fat so like Trey? He's just kind of round shouldered. He's been that yeah. way for a while. Former Oklahoma quarterback. Yeah, he's put on some LBs since his playing days came to an end. That'd be Josh Heupel at Tennessee. He's number six. Lane Kiffin, by the way, is number five. Josh Heupel at Tennessee, number six. Eli Drinkwitz, the Missouri okay. head coach, number seven. And then the one time Texas AM coach for like 30 <laughs> minutes. Mark Stoops is number eight. Eight, where are you at with five through eight? So you move Josh Heupel up ahead of Lane Kiffin, ahead of maybe a couple of other guys. Uh, definitely in front of Lane Kiffin. I lost a lot of faith in Josh Heupel last year because he went and got Joe Milton from the transfer portal, the former Michigan quarterback. Yes, and that guy, like that, that guy's just not very good. And look, sometimes you don't have a quarterback. Ask any Texas fan. There are years where you just, no matter how well you recruit. No matter right. what you try in the portal, like you, you just don't have it. It's the hardest position to play in sports, and there are only so many elite QBs at this level to go around. But I thought that was like a bad move to try to invest in Joe Milton. And he was, you know, Tennessee wasn't horrible last year, but Joe Milton was very inconsistent. He got benched a couple of different times. I didn't think that was a great move by him. So I didn't love that from Heupel. I think he's fine at number six. Because he has had a couple of good years. Like the year before with Hendon Escort, oh, yeah. a.k.a. Hooker, they were great. They were 
you know, in, in line for maybe a SEC title berth. And then he lost to hurt. Yeah, he tore his ACL and things kind of fell apart in 2022. But I, I like Lane Kiffin being there at number five ahead of Josh Heupel. Uh, they're coming off an 11-win season. And they, they've got – you talk about Texas having an easy schedule. I don't know if anyone's looked at Ole Miss's schedule. But they've got a schedule that has them set up to win double-digit games again next yeah, they, season. They, he needs to. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm cool with that. Eli Drinkwitz, man, I feel like if uh, you did this rankings last year before the season, he would have been like 13-16. to 16. But Mizzou won 11 games. They beat Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl this season. So I'm cool with him being there. The interesting ones, you start going to 9-12. to 12. You got Hugh Freeze at Auburn, number 9. Brent Venables, the Oklahoma head coach, all the way down at number 10. Is that too not, low? Not thinking much of him, huh? No. I mean, the Vegas over-under for OU in terms of regular season wins next season is 7.5. Wow. That's not very high. Dude, they're going to miss that quarterback, I'm telling you. Yeah. They're going to miss the little lefty. They really are. Yeah, he transferred to Oregon. It's Jackson Arnold, who's one of the highest-rated recruits in Oklahoma history, who will take over. I don't see it in him. Yeah, he he, uh, did some good things in that Alamo Bowl loss to Arizona, but he also turned it over, I think, five times in that game. Yes. So it wasn't the best debut for him at all obviously he's got a whole off season to be the yeah, starting he like QB. A little bit a, yeah he looks like a little bit of a turnover machine for you you know a two pick a game kind of guy he was last year but once again yeah, super yeah. small sample size so I, sure. I, I you can't close the book on him yet uh but yeah venables at 10 that's crazy like i thought he had a great year this past season obviously beating texas was huge for ou uh, they won double-digit games. You know, they they have to feel disappointed that they missed the Big 12 championship. You know, they lost to their other big rival in Oklahoma State on their way out yep. the door. They lost to Kansas. They're not happy about either of those, and they really pissed a golden opportunity to get to the Big 12 title and win it in their last year down their leg by losing those games. But still, this was a 6-7 and seven football team in year one, and they won double-digit games in year two. It was clearly a, a big step up for Brent Venables, but he's not getting much love on this ranking. Oh no, I I agree, I agree, but I think he's about where he should be. I was gonna say, I was gonna ask, like, would you put him ahead yeah. of Hugh Freeze at nine, Mark Stoops at eight, any of these no. guys? No. Okay. I don't think so, and not the Missouri coach for sure, not Tennessee, not uh, Lane Kiffin. No, he's right about where he should be. Okay. Ten, yeah. I mean, and if and and after one year. Elko may be even better. Yeah, well, Mike Elko is right behind Brent Venables. He's number 11 on this list. And he, of course, is the first-year coach. And then you start getting into the hot seat category, right? You've got Billy Napier at Florida at 12. I've gone on the record and said, I don't think Billy Napier will coach against Texas next season. He'll be done by then, huh? Yeah, I think he gets fired mid-season. You know, that Texas-Florida game is like week 9, week 10, relatively late in the year. I think he gets canned by then. Uh, Shane Beamer at South Carolina, 13. Sam Pittman at Arkansas, another hot seat guy. He's 14. Jeff Lebby, first-year head coach, the former OU offensive coordinator. He was with Venables last year. He's at 15. And then, sorry, Vanderbilt, you're always going to be last on any SEC rankings. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Clark Lee at 16, rounding out this list. So any major changes you would make here? I mean, you talked about, you know, Steve Sarkeesian a little bit. You talked about you talked about moving Josh Heupel 
up from the fake UT? Any other things that you think need to be amended? No, I, think, I, I think that third line is about right where it should be. I, I, yeah. I really do. I, I just think that if Elko can find a way, he'll move. He'll move up. He'll move towards where Hugh Freeze is if he can. If he can have a a winning season, I mean eight games or more. If he can get that done at Texas A and M, he'll move to where Freeze will be. Well, maybe be, at number nine in a year. That'd be a big accomplishment for A and M if they can go eight and four. Yeah. This year, because not only do they have a tough SEC schedule, but they play Notre Dame in the non-con. It's a home game for them. It's their season opener game. Wow. But, you know, like, that's that's tough. On top of having to play, you know, Texas, and I'm pulling up the Aggie schedule right Dude, how now. Can I, I'll be rooting for the Aggies against Notre Dame. How about that? Mm. That's awesome. Will? Yes. Uh, I guess because of your BC roots, you hate oh. Notre Dame that much. And I live in I'll, the state of Texas. I am not going to root for Notre Dame over Texas A&M, no. I'll be rooting for Notre Dame. Because you're always going to root against the Aggies. It doesn't matter. Sure. Yeah, I mean, they're one of our biggest rivals. That'd be a huge boost on the recruiting front. If AM goes out there and Mike Elko's first game and beats Notre Dame, you know there are going to be recruits in the building for that one. You know, they still have to play Texas at the end of the season. Of course. Yeah, of course. Look, I mean... It'll, like it'll we, speak for itself on the field. Look, in, in 2016, Texas beat a top-10 Notre Dame team that we thought was really good, and we thought Texas was back, and we thought that was going to help a lot, and then Texas went 5-7, and seven and the head coach got fired. So, like, yeah, it's one game, but that would be a pretty nice shot in the arm for A&M if they can beat yes, a top be. 10 Notre Dame team to start the year, no? It would be. And looking at their schedule, they've got at Florida. They got the neutral game against Arkansas. They have to play Mizzou and LSU, but those are home games. At Auburn, home against – yeah, they don't have – they don't have Bama or Georgia this year. Mm-mm. It's not that tough of a schedule for AM. Now they've got basically their whole roster to replace. Yeah, and so. it's not it's not like Texas AM is a hard place to play for the teams that they'll be playing at home. I mean, that, that Arkansas game, as you said, is a neutral site 67 to 63 game, it always seems to be. Even when they don't have any offensive players, they seem to not play any defense on that given Saturday, those two teams. So and that will mean a lot. That's that's gonna mean a lot, especially to Arkansas. Because their coach is going to need to win that game. Well, I'll tell you what. I thought Texas had a pretty easy SEC schedule, but you look at what A&M has to deal with, and it's it's not hard at all. I mean, once again, you get to avoid Alabama and Georgia in the SEC. You sure. don't have to play Ole Miss either. You don't have to play Tennessee. I mean, that's that's a pretty good slate for the Aggies. That's about as good as you could ask for for Mike Elko in his first season up there. Yeah, and as you as you said, Arkansas's coach is on a real hot seat right now. Oh yeah. Hell, when when they when they loved him, they didn't really love him. You know, that year that he had when he smashed Texas and had a great year. Yeah. They, they weren't so sure about him then. And I, I, I yeah, I I was. I thought it was going to work because that was a very good Arkansas team, and they beat the crap out of Texas, and they played physical, and they had KJ Jefferson at quarterback and Rocket Sanders at running back and Traylon Burks. I mean, wide receiver, they yeah. had some talent and they made the most of it. I just kind of figured Arkansas was going to be rolling for a little bit. No. And it fell apart pretty quickly in Vietnam. So, yeah. Yeah, tough, and the fans you know. aren't happy about that deal. No, no. Yeah, I think a lot of them wanted Pittman gone after last season. So, yes. 
That's another one of those coaches, right? He could be gone before the Longhorns come to town true. in the year. It could be one of those like, hey, if you win this game, Pittman, you get to keep your job for another year because it's Texas and we hate Texas and they're going to be a top 10 team. So if you find a win against them, we'll let you stick around for one more season. But uh, if if not, yeah, he is probably out the door. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a guy that deserves to finish out a year. Good, bad, or whatever. I mean, that, that year that they had, that group was not supposed to be very good. He came in there and coached his ass off, and he was physical, and they and they you know they tried to carry that on. I just didn't think they did anything in recruiting. You know, it just it never it never turned into anything. You know. Yeah, Arkansas was four and eight last year, just one and seven. Wow. In the SEC, so yeah, disappointing year. They uh, they have fallen absolutely apart. disappointing. I'm trying to. Oh, they beat Florida on the road. That was their one SEC win. Yeah, and that's, that's why, why Billy everybody... Napier. That's why he's on the hot seat. Right yeah, uh, that's all I was gonna say. That's why everybody wants Billy Napier fired in the swamp. So uh, there you go. All right, some SEC coach power rankings. We'll take your thoughts. The code of text line five one two 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 nine three two eight. Obviously, hit us up on YouTube as well. All right, BK, BK. By the way, that Florida job is not going to be a very a bad job for very long. Somebody, the right person is coming in there, yeah. is going to make that thing special again. And when I say special, I mean 10 wins, 11 wins. They're going to be right back in the thick of things. They, it, it's hard in that recruiting base where they are to stay down. You've just hired some bad, I'm not going to, I don't know if they're bad coaches. You just haven't had very good luck, especially at the quarterback position. Well, yeah. wait a minute, Florida had a fantastic quarterback two years ago. You know, so I, Who, I don't Kyle know. Kyle Trask? Felipe Franks? No, what about the kid that was at, with the Colts? Oh, Anthony Richardson? Yeah. It's not like they had a no, bad it, quarterback. Well, he started one year and they were six and six. I mean, the reason wow. he got drafted as high as he did was potential, right? I mean, that guy was a freak athlete. And yeah. I, I like really hope he turns into something special because he's going to be one of the most entertaining players to watch, to watch in the yeah. NFL if he does. But now, I mean, in college, that guy had turnover issues. He did, his mechanics were terrible. I mean, yeah, he, he was, uh, he was not great in his one year as a starter at UF. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, they had a couple of good years with Dan Mullen. I honestly thought Dan Mullen kind of quit. I didn't think he wanted to be the coach anymore and he's got that cush TV job. So I think he's chilling right now. I think he kind of wanted yes. to get fired before it was all said and done. But you're right. I mean, Florida's like Texas, dude. Like, you get the right people in here. Oh, yeah. It's going to work. We're finding that out right now. Like, we, we made a couple of bad coaching hires. Didn't work. Florida's made a couple of bad coaching hires. It hasn't worked. But if they get the right dude in there. Oh, yeah. That's that's I mean, big time. I agree. We saw what Spurrier did for a long time. We obviously saw what Urban Meyer was able to do for a decade or so. Like, that's that's a blue blood caliber program right there. They've got resources. They've got great facilities. They've got a ginormous fan base. And they've got two national championships, don't they? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Urban won a couple. Yeah. They, he and, won and, two. Yeah. Spurrier won Spurrier, one. Yeah. They've got, yeah, they've got that bloodline. So, yeah. I don't know if they have any from back in the day. I should know that, but they have at least three. Yeah. So, three. yeah, that's, you know, that's a, that's a quality program right there. And if they get the right dude, that's why it's good that Texas is getting them right now, right? And, of course, they'll have to play down the road in the SEC once Florida has things figured out. But you'll take them in year one because they are very sure. beatable right now with all of the questions that they have. 
All right, Buck, before we uh, shift gears, we got some Texas basketball to talk about. We'll get back into uh, Texas football in the SEC in hour number two. But before all of that, how about uh, our first sponsor shout out? Our good friends at Texas Orthopedics, if you're seeking that specialized patient, focused orthopedic care that BK may be seeking after yesterday, contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics. Their physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults, spinal care, sports medicine, uh, joint replacement, rheumatology, and even more. Dr. Christopher Daney, I coached at the University of Texas, and also Chris Stockton, Dr. Stockton over there. They are dedicated orthopedic surgeons. These dudes are surgeons. They're not just docs. Those dudes, they cut you open, replace stuff, put it back in, sew mm -hmm. it back up, and get you going. They want to get you in that good health and that great quality of life that you deserve. Visit Texas Orthopedics for, uh, to find out more information. Texas Orthopedics is the largest independent orthopedic practice in the state of Texas. For more information, folks, go to TXOrtho.com. Now, Dr. Daney has checked out, you know, has done some work where my wife had a bad shoulder. Now, he's also helped out Trey with his bad hipitis or whatever Trey has, hip influenza or whatever. So these guys know what they're doing. But I don't know. You know, you know me and former players cutting me open and stuff. Or going to cry if they become engineers, me crossing their bridge. I take always generally take a different route. If somebody said, Hey, listen, I was on the I was a part of that building that bridge there, coach. I always go, Well, where's the nearest next bridge? Let me head <laughs> that way. <laughs> yeah, give me an alternate route, please. Yeah, give me an alternate, yes. So yeah. I love Dr. Danny. He's he's checked on my shoulder before, which he thinks that I need a shoulder replacement. And then when he said, Well, it'll be a year rehab with a, a total reconstructed shoulder. I said, not up in here. Big mm. man's got golf to play. Plus, he can still get big. He'll do it himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of friends who are becoming doctors, and there are a few that I would go see. There really? are a few that I absolutely would not go see. I would go see, but I mean, to actually take the scalpel and go across you like that and open up the area. No, I'd go see them for a beer after work. <laughs> after they cut up somebody else? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, no chance. I saw you fools in college. I am oh, not. I know where your you hands operate. have been. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I am not letting you operate on my body. I am not putting my life in your hands. Thank you very yeah, it's, much. It's like the dude that was wanted to come to Boston College and said, when he, when he was like a C minus student, his parents said, well, we want him to be an engineer. And I was in their household going, you mean like, dude, dude. And they were like, they looked at me, and that was it. Kid mm. went to Syracuse. Didn't work, probably huh? Became probably became a journalist. Never heard from since. No, it didn't work out. I wasn't crossing any bridge. That dude, <laughs> I saw all of his grades. I saw how he got to be a C-. minus. I was like, huh? Mm. Engineering? You want him in engineering? Oh, he like, cheated his way to a C-? minus. Like forestry engineering? Or what do, you, what do you mean? Like chopping down trees? Which way will they fall? I mean, that's, uh, that's about it for that dude. Oh, my no. God. Although I did have, I, you know, with Dr. Daniel that I coach, I still have Camino Bell, who is the orthopedic uh, surgeon for the New York Giants, is still a part of that. And I even still tell him to this day, because he wanted to see, when I was talking about a knee replacement, he, he wanted me to come to New York and visit him and get an opinion from him. And I went like, hell no. You hung out with Howard Griffith? Are you Really? You hung out with Griff. You were his best buddy. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, we love Griff. Great friend of the program. And that is fantastic. Shout out to Texas Orthopedics. Also, shout out to SentexTickets.com. 
You went yes, by there. Shelby. Yes. Yeah, great guy. Hey, Austin FC returns tomorrow. Ooh. That's right. They've got the tickets to the homo for Austin yeah. FC as they take on Minnesota United at Q2 Stadium. They've got those tickets, of course, Texas basketball tickets. They've got tickets to the Round Rock Classic. You know, they've got that uh, college baseball tournament up at Dell Diamond this weekend. I think Texas State's playing in that. I know Kansas is playing in that. Uh, if you want to watch Our good friend Mike Harge will be calling games. Harge will be calling some games. Yeah, if you want to be there for that, you can. Get your tickets at CentexTickets.com. And, of course, you know, get ready for football season. They're going to have oh, those yeah. tickets for the Longhorns' first year in the SEC right there at CentexTickets.com, the best ticket retailer in the world. Love it. Indeed. And a quick shout-out to 7-Eleven as well, of course, because we love our great friends at 7-Eleven. I need if, a hard uh, copy today. It's, yeah, no, nobody reads the yeah. newspaper. Get you stuff that you're actually get stuff that you're actually going to use, you know. Get you a honey bun. Or what? A zebra cake. Or some oh, pop yeah. tarts. What about some pop tarts to start? Oh, with? now you're talking. Yeah. You're talking. My, my wife's not listening right now. And now we're rubbing it in a little bit since you can't eat sugar. Yes. Even though you ate sugar like three times last weekend. Hey, it was her birthday. Special occasion. What's the excuse this weekend going to be? It's the weekend? No, I'm not doing that. I'm not it's having Shabbat. It's the nope. Jewish Shabbos. It's hot outside. <laughs> yeah, I need a Slurpee to cool me down. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, that would have been great yesterday. Oh, my God. No kidding. I should have gone by 7-Eleven and gotten one of those things. They got the big goals, the Slurpees, the coffee, the energy drinks, the sodas, the beer. Of course, they got beer there. They've got all they got that pizza. There. They got pizza there, too. Pizza, the wings, rollers, the great oh. snacks. The selection is second to none at 7-Eleven. We love our neighborhood 7-Eleven. Shout out to Ashish. Shout out to Wendy. Shout out to everybody who runs 7-Eleven. They are yes. the best convenience store in the world. Okay, Buck, uh, before we get into some Texas Longhorn basketball talk, I do want to show you a... Uh, a sign that was posted recently on the front door of a Popeye's chicken location. Are you a fan of Popeye's? I'm all right with Popeye's. I'm, I'm not. I'm. They have a they have a new Popeye's here in Dripping Springs. It's not quite the same as the Popeye's in other places for some odd reason. They're just learning about the batter, the better batter right now. Mm. So it'll 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 may maybe soon. Do you eat Popeyes with your hands, or do you have to fork and knife it? I have to fork and knife it. Don't chuck. Don't touch the chicken. Oh, that's don't. the weirdest bits. Sorry about that, folks. Don't touch the chicken. That's such a pain in the it. ass. Not saying anything about choking the chicken, but I definitely don't touch it, the chicken with my hands. Something about the texture of, of wings and, and chicken. Don't even like chicken. It. Even chicken tenders, you fork and knife, right? Well, I I put I know I I do a napkin around the bottom of those and then eat it. So you put I a napkin that we, like on your hand and then you'll grab the tendy and then you'll eat it. Well, that's what we did on the way to New Orleans. I took my napkin, wrapped it around the tender, bit the top of the tender, ate half the napkin, and it, it all worked out. It was delicious. <laughs> that wasn't Popeyes. Uh, that was not Popeyes. No, that was Raising Cane's, the original. Raising Cane's. Because I saw Shaq's picture in there where he graduated in there. And that's where they had the graduation party. Yes, he did. Yep. Raising Kings. 
It's awesome. All right, here's the uh, the Popeye sign that's kind of gone viral in recent days. It says, we are short-staffed today. Please be patient. If you're run out of patience, ask for an application. If you're run out of patience? Yeah, they didn't spell it right. It's supposed to be if you run out of patience, ask for an application. But yeah. in classic Popeye's form, there's a, there's a misspell on there. Yeah, I like places. I like the little witty signs. Witty signs are cool, except for homeless, homeless people with witty signs don't do it for me because you're, you're not hungry enough if you're trying to be funny. You know what I mean? Give me a real sign like, hey, I'm starving. Can you help? That's the one that's going to get you to donate? Oh, yeah, that, that'll do it every time. Not, hey, I'm an entertainer on the side making some extra coin. Give me a buck. Uh-uh. You're, too, you're, you're not hungry enough. You're trying to be too funny. You don't like the uh, will like need money for weed that doesn't make you laugh at all. No, no, I don't give to those folks. They're all spending it on drugs, anyways. That guy's just being honest with you. No, dude, I want them to truly be hungry. You know, truly be hungry. Like I knew the I knew the the little homeless, dirty little homeless girl was hungry at the McDonald's. They're up on Ben White, and she didn't wouldn't take lunch. She goes, "What makes you think I need your your money?" Like I didn't, I wasn't going to give you money. I was going to buy you lunch, you filthy little thing. But that was the one who wanted the hug. Remember the one? I just need a hug. I'm like, yeah. sorry, not here, yeah. not today. You you literally ruined someone's life by not giving them a hug. You didn't even have to give them money. That's the best deal from a homeless person ever, and you didn't take it, dude. I can't even imagine when those people come running up to you and trying to put their hands around your waist. You would flip out you would like flip out you know you didn't have those you didn't have a lot of those dirty little homeless girls on campus yesterday huh no not really you know them they they look like little pig pen they have like dirt spots and stuff their finger their fingernails at all it's just it's not good i'm just and i'm a man of the people too i truly am a man of the people but you, know, you can't claim to be a man, man of the people when you when you don't give somebody a hug on the street when all they're asking you for is a hug. I was going to buy her lunch. She was hanging around McDonald's and I was going to buy her lunch. And I said, would you like some money for lunch? She goes, well, what makes you think that I don't have money? I'm like, because you're filthy, you little savage. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you said? No, I didn't. I thought that though. I mean, what makes me think that you don't have money? I'm like, uh, because you're homeless. Shut up, bitch. I didn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that to her. But you know me, I had to go and do a repeat performance and she was there the next day. And mm. she, I said, hey, how about lunch? And she goes, hey, you're the guy who wouldn't give me a hug. I'm like, yeah. And I'm not giving you one today either. <laughs> she asked uh, again and you turned her down again? I just told her. I just said it before she could even say it. I just said, hey, and I'm not giving out hugs again today. You're mm. dirty. No, you're not you one think? of my kids. If she's one of my dirty little filthy kids, or my grandkids, yes. I don't know where she's been hanging out. She may have scabies or something like lice or something like that. I'm not going to do that. Hey, I offered her something very important, a meal. What an absurd response from a homeless person when yes. you offer them you. a meal. Thank like, you. Not asking for the hug. That's perfectly fine. But the what makes you think I need money when you're literally yeah. living on the streets? Like what an That's absurd what thing to say. She said that she goes, I, she said, I got money. I'm like, 
Really? What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> That's what, what are you doing hanging out and sitting on the corner at McDonald's here if you got money? Dude, that was the most, that's the craziest thing. And of course, what's even crazier is my wife said, you went back the next day to see if she was there and you had a repeat performance where you had to tell her, no hugs today. She goes, she just looked at me, that girl looked at me and that was it. I need to go up there someday and see if she's still hanging out. Oh no, she has money. She's probably living in Westlake somewhere by now, I would hope. Oh, right. Maybe she was just filming an episode of Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe. Maybe I thought I was, she was doing you making it seem like I was the bad guy. I was a pretty good guy that day. You are the bad guy. Huh? You are the bad guy. Like what you were doing was very nice, offering her food. But when she said, no, thanks, I'm good. She just wanted a hug. You should have been like, all right, yeah, I'll give you a hug. I came here to help That's you. Good. This is how I can help you. All right. You might have gotten some action, too. She might have copped a little feel as uh, she was. She might have felt to my wallet and lifted my wallet. Maybe that was her specialty. I wouldn't. I wasn't about to find out. Mm, you know yeah, what I'm saying? It. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't like witty homeless people. I like homeless people to feel bad, like they feel because they're homeless, and show it. And then I will show you some support. I don't need happy-go-lucky, you know, guys doing looking like the Notre Dame leprechaun doing little kicks. You know, I, I don't need all that stuff. No, let's be hungry. Let's really. <laughs> Was she that height? No, she was a regular height. She was a really pretty girl if she would have got her stuff all hug, not drugs, Buck. <laughs> Look, she was a, if she would have got that stuff straightened out, that hair pulled back and all those dirt spots on her face. I mean, like she was camoing, like she was going hunting for something, you know, camoing herself up. But it was just plain dirt from the, from the earth or sleeping on the floor or whatever, wherever she slept. Yeah. You know, I just, I, maybe I was bad. Maybe, maybe I could have been better. Yeah, you were bad. You, you literally ruined her life. No. And we haven't, we haven't seen or heard from her since, have we? No, I didn't ask her to get in the trunk. Wasn't one of those <laughs> deals. Uh, that's for the best. Yeah, save that for the HEB employees right there. Wow. All right. So you would not, would you go to this place? If you saw this on this, on the door, would you walk in? Or would you be like, I'm going to go somewhere else? I mean, if Popeyes is telling you to be patient, because Popeyes is always slow as shit, and if they're telling you they're going to be even slower, then that's that's like 45 minutes you're going to be waiting for your chicken and biscuits right there. Now, there's a place down in Dripping. I don't want to say the name of it. I love it, but it says, can you be patient? We aren't fast food. We're just good food. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? They're, they're telling you they're not a drive-through. You're going to get good food. You just have to be kind of patient. You can't you know, after two minutes, start going, where the hell's my food? So I like that. That's that's kind of witty. I can I can deal with that. I probably yep. could deal with that sign right there. Okay. You like Popeye's. I can get they can get away with that. I love Popeye's. It's one of my favorite restaurants. But if I see that sign on the door, I am going somewhere else. Going to some other Popeye's? Yeah, probably to another Popeye's. There yeah. you go. It's usually how it works. All right, Buck. Texas basketball. The Longhorns back in action tomorrow, taking on the ninth ranked Kansas Jayhawks at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Kansas is 13-0 and at home this season. They've had their struggles away from home. This is far from a perfect KU team. This is uh, one of Bill Self's worst teams in years, as a matter of fact, but it's Kansas. They're still ranked in the top 10, and it's Fog Allen Fieldhouse. It's still one of the toughest places to win in the country. 
How you feeling about Texas? The Longhorns, of course, will have some time off. They haven't played a game since that Monday night win over Kansas State here in Austin. You give this team any chance to go on the road and upset KU? I'm going to give them a chance. I didn't give them a chance last week. I said they were going to get just thumped last week, and they did. I'm going to give them a chance in this one. Uh, I think they'll be within six points. I don't, okay. know what, I don't even know what the line is. I, I'm, I'm going to give Texas. Uh, I'm going to give them more than a moral victory. I think they. I think they can win this basketball game this week. You think they I was will very win disappointed. This basketball game this week. Yeah, I, I, you know, last week, the game that they that they that they that they played. I just thought, you know, coming off of what was going to happen to them, um, which I thought in Houston they would come back home and just be ready to just go. I, di- I didn't see that. And I, I think they're ready to go again. I think they want to get on a little bit of a roll. By the way, they have to get on a little bit of a roll because if they lose there, you know, they still got to go to Texas Tech. I know they got Oklahoma State at home. Oklahoma State folks playing a little bit better. You know, they're still the worst, but they're not playing bad right now. They've kind of found themselves. And if Texas isn't careful, they can lose a game like that. See, that's the kind of game they can't lose. Right. This one, they can still lose if they can find a way to win at Tech and then beat Oklahoma State in Oklahoma. They should still be fine. But they can't they 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 can't lose this game and lose a a a screw up game against a team like Oklahoma State that's playing bad. They just can't afford that. Yeah. That'll put them in a bad way. That mean that will mean they'll have to be that final game they would have to beat Oklahoma. I believe. They've got they've got 5 games left in the yes. regular season. They've got to win 2 of them to make the NCAA tournament. It, okay. it doesn't matter which 2 they are. <laughs> Now, the two easiest games are the two remaining home games, right? Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma State's the worst team in this league. You're right. They are playing better. They just went on the road and beat a Cincinnati team that was on the NCAA tournament bubble. It's a bad loss for Cincinnati, but a nice win for Mike Boynton's crew. Uh, And then Oklahoma, rivalry game. OU's good. They've been ranked for most of the year, but you went on the road and kicked their ass earlier this season. Yes, you did. You'd like to think that's a game that you can win at home. So, those are the two easiest games that Texas has, but it, it doesn't matter which two you win of these next five. You win two, you're in the tournament. And if you win on the road at Kansas and you're the only team to beat KU in that building this year. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, you talk about a resume booster. That's as good as it gets. Like there, there are levels, you know, there's quad one, quad two, quad three, but there are kind of levels within those quadrants. You win a game at Allen Fieldhouse, that's as impressive of a win as you can have, even though this isn't the best Kansas team. Ever. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter whether Kansas is playing on the road or at home. You beat a Kansas team on the on the road, even that's that's just huge. Period. Yeah, I mean, that goes on your resume. But to beat them there would be incredible, and I think they've got a chance. I really, really do. Saturday. Yeah, Ken Palm. You said what? Around six points. Around six. Yeah, yeah, you're right with Ken Palm. I mean, I'm looking at Ken Palm's analytical projection for this game tomorrow night, and 75-69, Kansas. So they've got this as a six-point Kansas win. Uh, even though Kansas, once again, 13-0 at home this year, they're only winning those games by an average of nine points per game. And that includes non-conference games, too. So even against some of the weaker opponents that KU played at home this season, like they, they haven't been running and hiding from teams this year. So I think this should be a close game, honestly. It's just can Texas make those winning plays down the stretch? Yeah, and I will say something silly that we're probably not going to see. Kid Shedrick needs to have a a really, really good game. And I don't care if he doesn't score any points, but defensively he has the block shots. He's got to be a rim protector. 
I think he has to be an aggressive, bad back, bad hamstring, bad ankle, knee guy, and really play well in this game as a defender in this game and not get in foul trouble, not silly fouls, but he's got to make some really nice blocks because they're going to the basket. They're all coming to the McCullers. They're all, you know, KJ, they're all coming to the hoop. So he has to protect the hoop, the hoop without fouling and be a big part of what they do defensively in this game. Yeah. His presence will be important because they're not very, you know, they're not very big without him in there. And I, they'll get out rebounded and everything else. He has to be on the rebounds this week. It'd be nice, yeah, to get something from Caden Shedrick. I mean, he hasn't been yeah. playing a ton, but even if it is just 10 to 15 minutes, if Absolutely. you can get something good from him in Give defense. Me a block or two. Yeah, defense and rebounding, maybe something on the offensive end. He did make a three a couple of games ago, so if you can get some points from him, that's an added benefit. You're going to need a third guy. We've talked about this a lot with this team. Like, D'Souza's got to be great. Aismith has to be better, right? His yes. last two games, he's been in a bit of a shooting slump. He's got to come back out of that. It's a money game for Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, Mitchell, Hunter, Weaver, hopefully a combination of those guys. But you're, you're going to need at least one of those guys to have one of their best games of the year, maybe their best game of the year. Right. They'll all have to play well in order to win. There, there, there can't be a slacker this in this game. There just can't be. Yeah. And, and Kansas, somebody who's giving up 30 to somebody, you know? Sure. Kansas's defense has been one of the best in the country. Like, their issues are on offense. They, they've had trouble scoring the ball way too often this year. But defensively, I mean, K-State had a top 20 defense and Texas yep. really struggled at home on Monday, only scored 62 points. They didn't win that game because of their offense. They were just no. awesome defensively. Uh, KU's got a top 10 Ken Palm defense this year. So, like, the, the Texas offense is going to have its work cut out for them. They've got to shoot better than the 36% they shot on Monday night if they have any chance to get this done. But I, I'm with you. I think they do have a chance to win. Like, I, I watched every Kansas game this year. They're not very good. I know they're ranked number nine. I, I mentioned all the stats. I know that, but keep this in mind too, Buck. And I get it. It's a different Texas team. It's a different Kansas team, but Texas has had some success against the Jayhawks lately. They've won five of their last seven against KU. There's no team in the big 12 that has had more recent success wow. against the Hawks than Texas has. Texas went two and one against them last year, including that 20 point beat down in the big 12 championship game last year. So, once again, different players. This year's Texas team, not as good as last year's Texas team. But uh, the, the, this year's Kansas team is also not as good as last year's it's Kansas true. team. I don't know what it's been, but the Longhorns, home and away, you know, one of those wins was actually at Allen Fieldhouse a couple of years ago. They have been okay uh, against this Kansas team recently. So, a chance. This is, this is uh, a, an opportunity for Texas to put together what would be their most impressive win of the season. And we need an impressive player. We need Terry's Hunter to be that impressive guy tomorrow, facilitating, scoring points and facilitating, and playing some really good defense. He'll have to play great defense tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And they all have to crash the boards because Kansas, they all go to the boards. Everybody, they, they, they bring them all. They're very much yeah, like, like a Houston team. They play great defense. But they also don't like to give up. They don't like to give up any re rebounds, offense, defensive rebounds. They don't let you get out on the break. Like I said, there's not many teams in this conference that let teams get out in the fast break and go. Houston right. doesn't let you do it. Kansas doesn't let you do it. Texas doesn't let you get out there and run. I don't, you don't see very many running teams in this in this conference because the defense is too good. You know? Yeah, yeah. That I mean, can't Kansas, happen tomorrow. Kansas isn't a great rebounding team. A good thing for Texas, because in some of these games that the Longhorns have lost this year, 
They've just given up way too many second chance opportunities. Sure. Kansas is not a good offensive rebounding team at all. No so, Perry Ellis, no Perry Ellis there. No, I mean, look, they like the, the matchup to watch for. I mean, Hunter Dickinson is, you know, first team all American caliber player, the Michigan transfer. He's a beast. Uh, him and Dylan DeSue, I don't know if they're going to be guarding each other, but like, you know, those are the two best players on the floor. You brought up Kevin McCuller, the tech, the tech transfer. He's also a beast. Like Dickinson and McCuller are probably going to be first team all Big 12 this mm -hmm. year. Uh, so th those are the two guys you have to try to contain if you're Kansas, or excuse me, if you're Texas. Um, but yeah, no, that's it's not the best rebounding team Texas will play, but they've got to find a way to contain Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McCullough Jr. if they want to win this game. And they've got to keep Dewan Harris out of the paint too. Like Dewan Harris, the point guard, not a great score, not even a good score, but if he's able to get where he wants to on the floor, he can facilitate with some of the best point guards in the country. Uh, you've got to do a good job of not letting him get to his spots and setting up his teammates for open looks because that that spells trouble right there. Yeah, and KJ, that's the other dude. He just got to – I mean, he will be on the boards. He will defend. He will do everything that it takes. He's just not a prolific scorer. He just, you know – I mean, he he can come out of his – you know, he'll see his shadow and go back in when it comes to scoring, but he'll always play tough defense, and he will always rebound. Yeah, Westlake's own KJ yeah. Adams. He's gotten better every single season. And yeah, he's a fan favorite up there. He does all the dirty work for them. But yeah, he, defense, rebounding, takes charges. He plays physical. Uh, he's got one of the highest field goal percentages in the country because when he does shoot, it's usually oh, yeah. dunks. He's a lob yeah. threat. So you got to be watching the lob uh, as part of the KU offense. Also, Johnny Furphy, the freshman Australian guy who's turning into a lottery pick. I mean, Kansas, Kansas is very much like Texas in which, like, they've got a very good starting five. They just, they have no depth. Kansas's starting five is obviously better than Texas's. That's why they're in the top ten and Texas is unranked. But, like, Kansas does not have depth. So if you're able to get some of their guys in foul trouble tomorrow, then, you know, there's your window right there. And if Dickinson picks up two early fouls in the first half and he's got to spend a lot of time on the bench in the first 20, then it's like, okay, this is where we need to make our move. That's, yeah, which means you got to be physical with them. You have to play physical with them. And that's why I said a guy like Shedrick, he's got to be very careful himself. They need him in the game. They just need that big body. But they yeah. can't get in, get him in, in there and he's hacking their big guys. You know, it, it goes both ways. I mean, as, as deep as you think Texas could be, they're not very deep either. They're not going to bring anybody off the bench that's going to score a bunch of points. Now, they'll bring guys that will defend like Weaver. He'll be in there scrapping and everything else. But they're not bringing a, a points guy off their bench you know they just haven't they haven't all year really yeah. so that's yeah. why when I, when I when i say about hunter he's got to facilitate but he has a score again tomorrow doesn't he yeah he does and i mean look it, it if texas wins it's going to be because their best players play incredibly well right like they need they need max a smith to come out of the slump they need dylan DeSue to keep doing what he's doing but they also need max a smith to bounce back it's as simple as that yeah, they've been, Man, putting, like, they've been putting big guys on him lately. and just you don't, kind of, you don't beat Kansas on the road because of role players. Like, you need those guys. Like like you talked about, yeah. like I talked about. They, they can't give you nothing. But you win in Lawrence because your star players play like star players. Like, I think of what Jacobin Brown did at Allen Fieldhouse like a decade sure. ago. That guy just went off, and Kansas had no answers. I think of the blowout win Texas had at Kansas in 2021. Hell, that was kind of a team effort, but all the stars played well. I mean, Ramey and Andrew Absolutely. Jones and Matt Coleman, like all three of those dudes 
uh, the three most consistent players they were all on in that game. So, yes, you're right. Like, Hunter's got to be good. Shedrick's got to be good. Uh, you can't win with just two, but yeah. any any chance of winning in that building, it, it comes from Ace Miss going for 20 and DeSue going for 20. Absolutely. That's where it starts right there. Rocky's asking me to call the upset. I'm afraid to call the upset because I called the upset last week. And Texas lost by 21 to Houston. We got our ass kicked. So now I don't want to get blamed if Texas loses tomorrow after I call another upset, then people are going to come after me and tell me that I'm the only reason they didn't win. I can't I can't have that on my conscience. You you're not getting you're not getting the moral moral win out of that last Houston game. Not at all. God, hey, they no. played good for like eleven minutes, you said. They did play well for eleven minutes. Yeah. Wow. It was twenty two to twenty, and then it felt like it was eighty two to twenty. Oh my God, they got smoked. They got smoked. Yeah, no moral victories from uh Last Saturday's game. No, the last moral um, victory was when they played Houston at home. Yeah, I don't you know. know. That, that was it. That one, that one worked out. He carried them a couple games. It, I don't know which can carry them. You just got to win this game. And you can't – there's no moral victories from this point on when it comes to the NCAA, is it? None? No. Nothing, there, no. There are never any in the eyes of the tournament committee, but this is not this is not your older brother's Kansas team to where it's like, ah, if we play them close – that'll feel good. Uh, you can get these guys this year. I'm telling you. So I like win. Chances. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Only matchup between the horns and the Hawks this year. Of course they could play in the big 12 tournament in Kansas city a few weeks from now. Nice. All right, Buck, before we uh, shift gears, by the way, uh, our man, Chris Phillips from sec unfiltered will be joining us in about 10 minutes. So we will talk some sec football, maybe a little sec basketball as well with Chris uh, we'll have some fun in a moment. But first, Buck, how about another shout-out to one of our great sponsors? How about my Relax the Back chair that I'm in? You know, that roadie was in the garage yesterday, and you had me out there in those fold-up chairs when we were at Sue Patrick. Oh, my back. You're talking about aching. The big man was aching last night. Man, oh, man. But that's okay. I'm in my Relax the Back chair again, and the comfort is unbelievable. Thoracic surgery 20-some years ago, reconstructed thoracic back, and now my back feels feels great with this wonderful chair from Relax the Back, and you can too. They've got select office chairs. Uh, of, of course, they have all kinds of wonderful pillows, mattresses, and you can find out what's going to make you comfortable, whether it's your neck, your thoracic, or your lumbar area. Relax the Back has the chair and mattress and pillow just for you. Two great stores in BK's at the Hill Country Galleria, right there across from Whole Foods, and in Austin up north at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free like the buck with Relax the Back. Hey, man. And if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned car, truck, or SUV, pay attention. Hi, I'm Dan Covert with my wife, Hayden. Welcome to Covert BK. Our newest location in the gorgeous hill country includes Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and hundreds of pre-owned and certified vehicles for you to choose from. We have three service departments that are ready to take care of your car, truck, or SUV with 86 service bays to accommodate any repair and get you in and out quickly. Come visit us today to select the vehicle you've been dreaming about. Covert, born and raised in Austin. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some love to the Coverts. Also some love to, who else needs some love this morning? How about Woods Comfort Systems? Oh, yeah. How about that, baby? You think that air condition kicked on yesterday for a lot of folks? Well, if you've gone to Woods Comfort Systems and got everything all straightened out, so when the, when the spring hits or maybe not spring, but summer, because it was like summer yesterday, 
you would have had your air conditioning kick right on. As a matter of fact, my wife had to come up, turn it down a little bit, turn the temperature down. And that wood's comfort systems that we've had here for the last four years kicked on perfectly. Nice, cool environment in my house last night. It was absolutely fantastic. They've been doing this for 68 years, folks, and nobody does it better. So if you've got a problem with your air conditioning or heating system or even plumbing now, Woods Comfort Systems is where you want to go for sure. Absolutely. WoodsComfortSystems.com is the website. The phone number 512-842-5066. Woods Comfort Systems, where comfort is our middle name. All right, Buck, a quick exercise for you here. Okay. Uh, This is something that made me feel really old this morning, and I think it's going to make you feel really old as well. I'm not really old, is that what we're saying? No, you are really old. This will make you feel even older than the 98 years that you are. 79, as you tell people. Yeah, you were born in 1879. I think that's what I'm telling people these days. So there's a website. It's famousbirthdays.com. And I look at this website every single morning just to see if somebody famous is celebrating a birthday that is worthy of us talking about. Actors, athletes, celebrities, musicians, whatever, all the above. I'm always looking to see if there is anybody that would make for a good conversation on this show and on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And they rank the celebrities in terms of their popularity. So it it gives a long list of famous people celebrating a birthday on that day. Pretty obvious. It's famousbirthdays.com. Okay. And. I looked at today's list. It's February 23rd. So I looked at the famous birthdays on February 23rd, and I had to scroll so far down to find any single person that I recognized. So I'm going to share the screen with you here. I'm going to see if you recognize any. And I'm going to ask our listeners, too, and our viewers, like, is there anybody that you recognize on this list of people who are apparently famous celebrating a birthday today? So number one on this list is Zadie Hope Zamalo, and the description is family member. He or she is turning two today. You know who that is? Hell no. Okay, we go to number two. We got Peja. The only Peja I know is Stojakovic. That's what I was going to say. NBA champ with the Dallas Mavericks. This is 14-year-old YouTube star Peja. Any idea who this is? No, she's got nice curls for a little kid. You shouldn't be calling a little kid attractive here, R. Kelly. Well, no, my daughter had little curls like that. Those are cute. Okay, all right, weird. Uh, Number three, be careful with this one, too. Desiree Montoya, Instagram star. No, not doing anything. Okay, number four, we go to our realm. Azzyland, YouTube star. Like that look. What does what does what does Land do on YouTube? Does, is there some info on what her see. gig's about? Uh, video game content, oh, gaming videos, and cosplay. You into cosplay, Buck? No, dude. That's she's all she's off the list already. She's gone. All right, number five, DJ Panton. Is she like a DJ, a twelve-year-old? I don't know if that's a she or a just he. DJ, those I think that's a guy or a girl. That's a guy. Fuck. That looks like a little girl. No, it is? Yeah, it's a guy. Oh, Can't sorry, that. sir. 
Sorry, sir. That looks like a little girl to me. Okay, you should. I, I must have glossed over number six. You you recognize number six, right? Dakota Fanning? Yes. Okay. So Dakota Fanning, we know, celebrating a 30th birthday today. Wow. So that's one. That's number six is the first one we know. We'll keep going here, though. What about number seven? Naima, Instagram star. No. Okay. Emily Blunt. Known for smoking, having good weed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's named after the blunt, huh? Yes. Okay. Keep going. Bailey Dedrick? Hell no. Reggie Masolino? I don't who think... Are, who are these people? I don't even know how to pronounce number 11. Can you pronounce number 11? Badzillo? <laughs> but... Bedazz flow, badass flow. Bedazzle. I don't know, man. Number number twelve. Who are these is people? Old. How do you get to be famous like this? Yeah, I, knows I, who you are. I know one of these people that we've that we've got so far. Do you know number sixteen, Nicey Nash? No. I mean, she's fifty-four. I figure that could be somebody. Oh, you yeah, know. I was just thinking. I look like growing up, like one of my one of my friends' moms or something like that. She's in Reno 911. You look at mom in the block. Dude, this is absurd here. Who are these? Like, how, how out of the loop are we? And we get to some athletes at 23 and 24. This is where, like, okay, now, now I know, like Jamal Murray and D'Angelo Russell. Know those oh, two, yes. Those are famous people that I know. But God, it's like Katrina K. Katrina K. Oh, here we go. Yeah, number that's uh, Katiana K. Katiana K. You know who that is? A figure skater? No, she she's an Instagram star. Also, we got a lot of social media stars: TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if she's Instagram famous. You effing bum! But (laughs) you effing bum. She's not as famous as that one. No, I mean that. We're scrolling down a little bit. I I know some more. Dude, there are some scrubs on here now. This is ridiculous, dude. Who are these people? Apparently, Emily Blunt somebody we should know. Famous. How do they get... Okay, keep going. Like, keep going? Okay. Uh, yeah. So we're past the basketball players. We have another Instagram star. Skylar Gray is a singer. I think she sings the I'm Coming Home song with... What is that? P. Diddy? Yeah, I know Macy Gray. I don't think they're related. Just, just based on looks here, that that you know that might be an unfair assumption on my part. Got yeah, a soccer player, Casamigos Tequila, Clay LeBrant. I mean, I did this. Is what about Jehani Rivera? You got him? No, he's not on my list. World music singer. There's a Kaki Sierra. I saw her. Sierra Kai. <laughs> Dude, can you even read what is happening? Dude, All right, Aziz sorry, I know. Andrew Wiggins, I know. Like the, I, I, It's amazing to me that some of these people that you and I have never come close to hearing of are more famous no. than like Andrew Wiggins in the eyes of the internet. That's just, that goes to show you how old we are right now. 
Dude, that just shows you how unimportant these people really are. That's what it oh, does. We're blaming them. Yeah, you're right. It's not our fault. Like, this no. website is wrong for ranking these people as famous. No. They, they got it wrong. We got it right. We're paying attention to the people we need to be paying attention to. Some of those scrubs shouldn't even be on there. I don't even know how they made the list. I don't know if they're <laughs> fathers or senators or something, but they are. That's... That's a nobody. That's a nobody. That's a no. I saw a lot of that's a nobody. That's a nobody. Really? Oh, my God. All right. We might have to do that again in the future. But, uh, yeah, that, uh, frustrating. We we are out Man, of the loop, yeah. I guess. All they're right. I see our our hey, they're not as famous as the people that, you know, see, see people on planes. They're not as famous as the Instagram girl who wears condom. They're not that. Those, that's famous. That's how you get famous. You make a move lady. like that on a flight. Yes, you have to make a All move right. like that on a flight. Before we get to our next guest, because I see him waiting, because you asked for it, I will show you the video that you're talking about. Call me a bitch again. Yeah, you did nothing wrong. I didn't shut up. No, you shut the up. No, you shut the up. Goodbye. Goodbye. You shut the Film me. I'm Instagram famous. Bum. Famous. Shut the up. Shut up. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Famous, you bum. Just told a lady, you're a bum, flat out. I mean, that's telling somebody's mom, hey, you're a bum because I'm Instagram famous. Mm. Oh, my goodness. The one walking around with a condom on. Great. In the words of Mike Gundy, where are we at in society? We are today? lost, man. Yes, we, we are. are. All right, super excited about this next guest. Uh, this feels like a match made in heaven because this guy is a part owner of a company called SEC Unfiltered. Of course, we're Texas Sports Unfiltered. And there's SEC Unfiltered, and they started before us, of course. So if anybody copied, it's probably us. But they talk all things SEC. They've got a YouTube channel. They've got a podcast. They're all over social media. We'll let uh, our next guest tell you a little bit more about them as well. But Chris Phillips of SEC Unfiltered is joining Bucky and BK this morning. What's going on, Chris? Guys, what's going on? Appreciate you having me, man. Really excited to talk Longhorns, SEC, everything in between. Well, thank yeah. you for joining us, man. It's, this would be an interesting conversation. A lot going on in the SEC. Uh, can I say the new SEC now? Are we? Are we? To the yeah, point I, to say the new yeah. SEC? I think I think that's fair. Yeah, I think most were actually confused. They thought Texas and OU was already in the SEC for baseball season, but obviously not beginning until the athletic calendar year, right, two thousand twenty-four. But uh, no, it's exciting times, man. I think there's a lot of fan bases, obviously, that are pumped. You know, folks, uh, those of us that just love SEC sports and love the SEC. And I think what's really cool, too, is when you talk about what Texas and Oklahoma are bringing, uh, most of the attention is spent on football, but it goes so far beyond that. Like, I'm a huge baseball guy, seeing what Texas, uh, you know, has on the diamond right now. Oklahoma's been a great program, especially recently as well. So, And then basketball also. I think they're going to be great additions there and all the rest of the sports as well. So, um, it's exciting times. I think there's some fan bases that are a little bit nervous because obviously on the gridiron, somebody's got to lose some games, right? And uh, I think there's going to be a couple. You know, I had a great conversation with with Josh Pate of 24-7 Sports a couple weeks ago where he talked about some of those middle-of-the-pack or lower-tier SEC fan bases that are sort of beating the chest of SEC, SEC. And it's like, hey, you know, there's rungs on this SEC ladder, and there's a couple schools, a good number of them actually, that uh, – are going to fall below Texas and OU on that rung. So don't cheer too hard just yet, if you will. But uh, no, it's exciting times for sure, man. And like I mentioned, as excited as I am for what's going to happen on the gridiron with, 
you know, great rivalries like Texas, Oklahoma coming to the league. Texas, Texas A&M is going to be an electric factory. I can't wait to watch these baseball series and the new rivalries that are developed oh, yeah. there. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it is. Chris, we'll start with the football. We'll get to basketball and baseball, too. I want to get your thoughts on uh, all of the big three sports. But, you know, how do you feel about Texas? Obviously, the Longhorns coming off of a Big 12 championship. They made it to the college football playoff. They had that big road win at Alabama in week two. Uh, You know, are are SEC schools a little nervous about Texas coming to town? And how do you think the Longhorns will acclimate into the toughest conference in the sport? I think so, whether they're willing to admit it or not. Um, I think many are excited for the challenge, right? Your upper echelons of Alabama, Georgia, LSU, now Ole Miss and Missouri. Uh, But what great timing, by the way, for the Texas Longhorns to enter the league as Nick Saban hangs it up, right? That's And I know that Texas obviously went to Bryant-Denny and and took care of business against Alabama, but that's one less thing to tackle right when you come in. Um, You know, I know me personally, I think highly of Texas. That over-under win total at 10.5 came out. Will they hit that over? I don't know because life in the SEC is different. I don't know if Georgia is going to hit 11 wins, right? It's going to be very, very difficult to go through an SEC slate. Uh, And then you factor in non-conference. Obviously, the Longhorns go to Michigan early in the season, which is going to be an incredible game. But I think they're going to be right up there at the top, guys. I think 12-team college football playoff. I think Texas is one of those teams. I think Texas fans should expect to be in there every single year. I think I'm expecting Texas to be one of those teams. I'd be surprised if they're not in a 12-team college football playoff more years often than not. So, um, you know, I think Texas is going to, after last year, going to the college ball playoff, and they're going to make their presence known early. And I do think they're going to be one of those factors, you know, next season uh, when it comes to winning the SEC championship. And obviously, again, being a 12-team college football playoff team. So can't wait to watch that Texas-Georgia game. And then there's so many others. Obviously, like I mentioned, Texas-Texas A&M is going to be a, a great renewal of the rivalry. Texas-Arkansas, right, an old-school matchup. I know that Longhorn fans are itching to get some revenge from a couple of years ago in that uh-huh. game. So... But I do think Texas is going to fare well. I think they're one of those teams you look at. Love what they obviously have with Sark. He's one of the best in the business. Quinn Ewers returning at quarterback. Um, what they did in the transfer portal, just picking apart Alabama's roster, ironically enough. Um, I, I think the Longhorns are set up well to have a, a really successful season and, again, be one of the best in the SEC. Now, Chris, would you have felt that way if they didn't win the championship? I mean, I know I know, I felt that way going into the season, during the middle of the season, whatever. I said they had to get – I always said they had to get to the championship game in the Big 12 on their way out with the with the the squad that they had last year. And you know, as I said, in championship games, anything can happen. But uh, as time went on, it wasn't just getting to the championship game, but winning a Big 12 championship on their way out. Because I thought that if they didn't win the championship, they would come into the SEC as Mississippi State or Auburn, or, or even Mississippi. I didn't think they were they were going to be any better than that mm. if they would not have won the championship last year. And I don't, I think that it was an important year for Sark and and, and for, for for Texas fans to feel to feel like they can they can go ahead and go through this gauntlet week in week out, no matter who it is, it'll be difficult. So, but I didn't think it would be that way if they didn't win the championship last year. I thought, as I said, they would be the middle of the pack. They wouldn't be in the top three teams in the big uh, in the SEC, but middle of the pack, as I said, even, even, I mean, yeah, South Carolina included, there'd be a South Carolina. That's what they would have come to your conference at. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'd have felt the same if they didn't win that championship last year? Uh, yeah, I think Bucky, absolutely. Like winning matters. I think winning impacts the perception of a program and mm-hmm. a football team. And so, yeah, I, I think for Texas, at least for me, I've never had the question or the concern, or are they talented enough? Do they have the resources? Like right. nobody's, that's never been a conversation. It's just, are they going to finally put it together? So to see them 
take the talent they have, take the backing, the resources, everything that's in place, and yes, put it together and go win a Big 12 Conference Championship and go to the college football playoff. And even though they didn't go to the title game, right, we've been, you know, fairly or unfairly, we've been asking the question for years, like, is Texas back? When will they be back? What do they have to do to get back? And so, yeah, winning a conference title, getting to the playoff. And again, listen, you lost to a generational quarterback in Michael Penix Jr. And I mean, it is what it is, right? That was a fantastic football game. Could have gone either way. Um, so I think getting to that point kind of reaffirmed that, you know, the Texas Longhorns are back. Now to be all the way back, winning a national championship, I think is what most Texas fans and what most people would say, okay, now Texas football is really back to what we knew them as for so long. But I mean, certainly it's all about winning, right? And what you do on the field. And you can talk about all the, all the stars you have or the great coaches or how big your stadium is. or I mean, there's many schools in the SEC that do the same thing. And it's like, well, you're not back. You're not winning games. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, and I know you guys won't mind me taking this shot, but I mean, Texas A&M has been doing that for a decade. Like they've got all the resources. They've got one of the biggest stadiums in the country. They've, they've got stars all over the place. And every year we hype them up and every year they win seven, eight games. And it just, so it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta, it's what you do on the field. And so I think right. obviously that was a huge shot in the arm for the perception of the way people view the Texas Longhorns and what they bring in the league. Chris, I see the Braves hat. Are you a Georgia guy? So I'm actually a South Carolina guy, ironically enough. So here, here's a little uh, a little fun fact for you. SEC Unfiltered prior, a couple of months ago, actually. Uh, so I, I started back in 2017 as a South Carolina entity. Uh, that's what I dipped my toe in first. Born and raised a South Carolina guy. Covered the Gamecocks for <coughs> in, independently, obviously, for about six years and uh, throughout the 2023 county, you're really before that. I could go into the really long story, but it was always open to the idea of covering the entire SEC. And, um, you know, the stars sort of aligned. And over the last year, year and a half, the gears were turning and it, and it came to a head uh, actually middle of December this this past uh, calendar year. So I heard you saying whether you guys took the unfiltered name or I did. Uh, I think I guess technically we did since we didn't rebrand or, or launch this thing until December 2023. Had the idea back in spring of 22, but didn't execute on it. So whatever. We'll, we'll, we, I think we can coexist just fine. I think it's just a good nickname, the unfiltered branding, if you will. But uh, yeah, I was a South Carolina guy before. So uh, Gamecock through and through. <laughs> All right. That's interesting because my father's from Gaffney, South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. From Gaffney. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been a up and down kind of guy with South Carolina. I'm not, I, I like the Pops Beamer, but. Is, is South Carolina, are they just kind of in, in just kind of treading water? Mm. People are just waiting to see which way they go. Are they waiting to see them go up? Or are they waiting to see them go down? They're just kind of in the middle still right now. They haven't done anything to make it. I mean, on any given weekend, they seem like they can win. Mm. But on any given weekend, they seem like they can lose to anybody in the SEC also. Yeah, Bucky, volatile, I think, is a really good yeah. word for South Carolina's program under Shane Beamer. I mean, outside of... Outside of two weeks in 2022, at the end of that season, they've been so up and down, so hot and cold. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they're they're a team that, to your point, any any given Saturday they can beat anybody in the league. Any given Saturday they can they can get shut out and look ugly doing so and just right. look bad. So uh, year four coming up for Shane Beamer is massive. I think he's one of those head coaches, and I think for the first time his seat is warming. I, I don't think his seat is hot necessarily. And guys, when we talk about, you know, what's the window, how long should coaches get? You know, I think South Carolina is one of those jobs that, and maybe Gamecock fans would hate to hear it, but you have to have patience with that job. Like they've never won anything. It's, right. it's not a glamorous history outside of, 
you know, four years of what Steve Spurrier did and, and a year or two here or there in the 80s, what have you, 1969. Like, South Carolina football has never really been anything nationally relevant. So um, I think you might have to give him more time. But you guys know, like, you don't – I don't care what sport it is. You know, we were talking about this on Mississippi State baseball. Like, you don't survive back-to-back – losing seasons more often than not you just don't especially three in a row which is what i think chris lamonis and baseball side note will face for mississippi state but i mean you know you miss a bowl game in 2023 you look at south carolina schedule they've got you know a brand new quarterback in lenore sales highly talented but brand new got to replace spencer rattler who i know you guys are very familiar with um if you miss a bowl game again guys i think all bets are off i mean i think they more than likely will bring him back but the seat will be scorching going into year five. So, um, and again, guys, with the pressures in the SEC, there's so much money. There's not a whole lot of patience to be had with that. So uh, to your point again, Bucky, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. I just think they're, they've been a very, very volatile program. And I think you ask anybody around Columbia, what they want to find more than anything is consistency going into year four and beyond of his tenure there. And, 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 And asking that, is that a great place to see a football game? You know, you hear about all these wonderful places to go, watch games, can't wait to get to the big house. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to Ohio State, you know, you you go to Notre Dame. But is uh, Columbia someplace special? Is that a special place on Saturdays? Williams-Brice Stadium at night especially is one of the most electric atmospheres in college football. It, it is, you know, and during the day it's still electric. Don't get me wrong. And there's a lot of SEC schools that are like this, right? But, I mean, mm-hmm. a night game in Columbia – it's it's right up there, I think, with the best atmospheres in college football. When they get sandstorm going, and especially if South Carolina guys, South Carolina doesn't have to be great. If the Gamecocks are just good enough to give the fan uh-huh. base real hope and excitement and anticipation for what's to come, I mean, that place gets rocking. So, yeah, I'd highly encourage checking out a game there. Yeah, Chris, we were talking about SEC coaches earlier and kind of where Steve Sarkeesian fits amongst the best coaches in the SEC. But while we're talking hot seats a little bit, I mean, it feels like there are – some coaches in this conference who are on scorching hot seats. We were talking most specifically about Florida and Arkansas, right? Two teams the Longhorns will play in 2024. Those games are kind of later in the season. Could you see a scenario at either or both of those schools where Billy Napier and or Sam Pittman get fired midseason? Or do you think, you know... Okay, you're deep in the jungle, hanging with a friendly jaguar. Or how about in outer space playing the bass? Let your imagination run wild with the new generative AI tools in Adobe Photoshop. Create anything you can dream up just by typing a text prompt. Treehouse in your jungle? Unicorn in your spaceship? Just type it. This changes everything. Hit the banner or go to Photoshop.com and try it for free. What did you learn about Sam Pittman in four or five games that you didn't already know? Like, you know, if you know, you know, right? And what should be done eventually better be done now. It's best to just get it over with. The second you know the guy's not the guy, you're just delaying the inevitable. I like Sam Pittman. I think anybody you talk to, he's a great fit at Arkansas. He's an Arkansas guy. But, guys, isn't it funny how that stuff doesn't matter when you start losing? You know what I mean? Like, no coach is immune to the effects of losing. It doesn't matter how much goodwill you've built up, how much of a culture fit you are. It doesn't matter if you've got a – a statue of a hog in your backyard. Like, they don't care. You know what I mean? So, um, I I think certainly things can go sideways for him. And then Billy Napier, guys, you know, I think that one's interesting because Scott Strickland, the athletic director there, is tied at the hip to Billy Napier. So, if Billy Napier fails, 
he's going to be gone too because ADs don't get a third swing at it when it comes to hiring a head football coach. The buyout's going to be it's it's still going to be huge, and I think what's going to be fascinating with Florida, how many do they need to win for him to be back? Because guys, I don't know if you've looked at that schedule. Florida may have the toughest schedule in college football history coming up. Like, I mean, 11 power five opponents. They've got Samford on the schedule. You can chalk up as a win. Literally every other game, in my opinion, at best, is a toss-up. In the non-conference, you've got Miami, UCF, who just picked up KJ Jefferson from Arkansas, and, of course, they've got Gus Malzahn, and then Florida State. And then you've got the SEC slate. I think their SEC opener against Texas A&M in Gainesville is going to be massive for them. I think that game is week three because that's one, guys, you have on your home field. Mike Elko is a first-year head coach, and I like Mike Elko. I think he's going to be, do good things in College Station. But it's a first-year head coach. You're Billy Napier in year three. You cannot lose that game. Like, you just – you cannot – if you're going to get to a bowl game, that's one you have to have. So if you lose that one, especially if you lose to Miami, you come out of the gate one and two, guys. I think it's just going to be a ticking time bomb a matter of when, not if. So, yeah, to your point, BK, I think there's a there's a there's a there's a decent possibility there that uh, Texas will see neither Sam Pittman or Billy Napier. But it, it's going to be really interesting to see which one of those guys, if if either one can make it, which one can make it or will make it to 2025. Chris, what did what did you, uh, to your knowledge and and folks around the SEC of uh, Nick Saban when it, when it was time for him to leave? And, and, and the thoughts, was, was this something that came up, you know, in a, in a matter of just weeks or had he been contemplating this being his last year uh, before it, it, it actually happens? And, and on top of that, uh, how close was Alabama wanting to get to uh, Steve Sarkeesian and to be their next head coach? Well, Bucky, based off what I know now, you know, it's one of those things where Nick Saban had been contemplating it throughout the month of December and it, it wasn't a decision made on a whim. And I don't know if you guys heard, but it was interesting to think that he even said that, you know, he had the meeting at four o'clock, the players only meeting, the team meeting, whatever to tell them. He said at 355, he was still kind of going back and forth like, wow, I'm in the moment. Should I do this? Should I not? Like it came down to that. Uh, and when you make a decision of that magnitude, of course, we've all been there, right? Where you're kind of having those second doubts or second thoughts. But um, so, you know, learning after the fact that he'd been contemplating for a while. I mean, guys, I had no idea, though. Ironically enough, like a, a day, literally the day before this happened, I went on a show with uh, that SEC podcast, Michael Bratton, who does a fantastic job, and we were talking about this, and he was asking me about, hey, is Nick Saban going to retire? When's he going to retire? Should he retire? What's your thoughts? I thought for sure Nick Saban would be back because of the team he was bringing back, right. because of the way their season ended. I thought he'd want to give at least one more crack at it with Jalen Milrow returning, right? And so... I mean, it took me by surprise, and, and you knew, and I said in that moment, that we're never going to see it coming when it happens. We're not necessarily going to expect it. Um, now, in regards to the head coaching search and Steve Sarkeesian, boy, they kept that thing close to the vest. I, I mean, I, 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 I find it hard to believe they didn't contact him, but I thought what was interesting about that, kind of the fallout, or you saw different coaches across the across the country, like, even if you weren't offered the Alabama job, just say right. you were because it's a great tool to be yeah. like, hey, I turned down the Alabama job. So do I think they offered Sark the job? I, I, I think they made contact. I mean, again, this is purely my guess. If they mm -hmm. didn't, I would wonder why, you know, because I think he's certainly, like you mentioned, top two or three head coach in the SEC right now, one of the best in college football. I mean, he's an offensive mastermind he's an offensive genius but i mean i think steve sarkeesian it makes sense that he'd want to stay at texas what he's built there and you don't want to be the guy that follows the legend you, you just don't right. Caleb DeBoer. i mean i think he's 
he's got a really tall task ahead. Let's just put it that way, right? Because of the expectations and and what Nick Saban built. So uh, it certainly took me by surprise, guys. When you hear Mm. more details, it makes sense. But certainly, man, thinking about college football, 12-team playoff, no Nick Saban, it's it's certainly uncharted waters. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chris, my last football question. I want to get to some basketball and baseball thoughts if you have time this morning. But I have to ask you about Georgia, right? I think we all expect them to be the preseason number one team in the country. I know Georgia fans still are pissed that they didn't make it to the CFP. (laughs) Look, me as a Texas fan who's kind of glad Georgia wasn't in there, uh, I have a hard time thinking they weren't a top four team in the country at the end of last season. But, I mean, are are they the clear-cut favorites to go three in four years next year? I think right now, BK, I would say yes. But, you know, the parity is increasing such in college football. And, you know, you look at Georgia's schedule, right? They had the perfect schedule last year, too. And it was – I want to make this point, too, because everybody said, God, Georgia's schedule so easy. Well, it was easy because Georgia's so much better than everybody else. But to be fair, it was a schedule that allowed them to sort of ramp up and take things slowly, and you kind of saw them gradually build. And to their credit – they got better as a football team. were playing their best football when it mattered outside of really that Alabama game in the SEC championship. Georgia is going to be my favorite, guys. I mean, I think when we talk about, you know, who who does this open the door for to kind of dominate and take over in the SEC with Nick Saban stepping down, I think the obvious answer is Kirby Smart, the Georgia Bulldogs, and I think it's going to be really fun to watch a ticked-off Kirby Smart and Georgia take on the 2024 schedule and take on the 2024 season. But again, guys, I think the parity is only increasing. I mean, I think with a transfer portal, with an IL, you know, you can – I'll tell you this, guys. The business of college football has never been better, right? For the diehard standpoint, it's never been worse from the sense of, like, that feeling, that local community feeling and guys sticking around three, four years and this this, this free agency that we have. So, you know, I, I see both sides. But for the overall product and what we're getting on Saturdays and competitiveness, I think it's great. And so – while I will tell you, BK, yes, I think Georgia's the team to beat in the SEC. Will they be my pick? I don't know. I haven't made a pick yet, but I don't think they're a bad pick to make. I don't think Carson Beck winning the Heisman's a bad ticket to have either because his team around him is going to be so good. I think there's a chance the offense is going to be better than it was last year with Beck back, Mike Bobo back at OC. They picked up Trevor Etienne from Florida at the running back position. Um They've still got a star-studded cast of wide receivers. they got to replace Brock Bowers. That's the big one. Who's going to step up and make big plays and they need the most? They're going to be Georgia on the defensive side, right? I mean, they're going to be as good as anybody in college football. And, again, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see them tested by that schedule. Got to go to Alabama. Got to take on Texas. Those games are going to be a lot of fun. But, you know, I think Georgia right now is the team to beat. But, again, guys, I think in a 12-team college football playoff, really anything can happen. Um, so I, I won't say it's a, a done deal. Let's just not even play the season because it's it's we know who's going to win it all. But I, I think Georgia truly is that team. I, I think they're most well-equipped to take over and kind of be what Alabama was under Nick Saban. You know, we, we kind of know exactly what Billy Napier is and, and what's going on with them. You know, we've talked about him and Pittman. But what about Auburn football? I mean, that is – why is that – what's the stagnation about Auburn football right now that it shouldn't be there? I mean – if Alabama is going to, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to take a step back with Nick Saban being gone. They will on, on a national level as, as the coaching part of it. But what is it about Auburn football right now that's just holding them back? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it coaching? Is it recruiting? Are they not getting the play? I mean, because they used to get all of the players too. If Alabama didn't get them, Auburn would get them before Georgia started making their move. Where is Auburn football right now? 
Well, I, I think Auburn football, Bucky, to your point, is a great example of what happens when you miss on a coaching hire and miss as badly as they did. I mean, the Brian Harson era in, in Auburn, I mean, that's a dirty word there, saying the name Brian Harson. It was just, it was yeah. a complete failed experiment. And I mean, he was just flat out the wrong guy. I'm actually bullish on Auburn moving forward. I, I know they had a tough year one. Uh, and, and I think Hugh Freeze, I go all the way back to SEC media days last year in which he, you know, he pleaded with his fan base for patience. Hey, we're excited. We feel good about, you know, be patient with us. We're still building this thing. And that told me, you know, he liked some things, things about his football team, his football program, but obviously so early on, like, hey, we still got a long way to go. There's still holes to be fixed. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's what you saw throughout the season. I, I love Hugh Freeze in that spot. This is a big year upcoming for them. But it, it's, you know, you saw the best of times, which was competing right. against Georgia. And, you know, you could argue they should have beaten Alabama, that fourth and 31 that we'll never forget. Yes. You saw the worst of times, though. New Mexico State, the bowl game against Maryland, which, you know, how much stock do you put in bowl games? But then you look at the recruiting guys, what they're doing in the portal, but especially recruiting Cam Coleman, the five-star wide receiver. You know, they hauled in a couple of five-stars at those positions. I don't understand what they're doing at the quarterback position with Peyton Thorne. I really don't. I guess if there's anybody that can get Peyton Thorne going, it is Hugh Freeze. And, you know, guys, we were talking about coaches' hot seats earlier, and somebody mentioned this one to me, and it was just, like, hard to believe, but it goes to show the pressure in Auburn. They said, hey, Hugh Freeze needs to have a good year this year. And I'm like, it's year two. God. But at Auburn, I wow. mean, you, you don't get that. You get, you're probably getting three years max to get it rolling and then they're going to start calling for your head or at least questioning you at the top. So sure. the good news is this. I, I do look at Auburn. I think they could be an 8-4 and four team this year, which I think would be a great step in the right direction. So to your point, Bucky, I think Auburn down and out for a while goes to show what can happen when you miss on the head coaching spot. But I think they've got the right guy there now in Hugh Freeze. And I, I think Auburn right. football, you know, seeing them against Georgia and Bama, like I said last year, I, I think it's only a matter of time before they're back competing at the top of the SEC. Thank you, my good. friend. Any any more football questions, Buck? No, I'm good. That was great. Right. Chris, we'll get one basketball and one baseball question before we let you go. And this has been a ton of fun, man. Can't thank you enough for the time this morning. Uh, Selection Sunday coming up in a few weeks. I'll just ask this question. Look, we're all going to be filling out our brackets uh, almost at the same time a few weeks from now. Any SEC team you think is a legit Final Four slash national title contender? There's a lot of good in the conference this year. The bubble seems to be infected with SEC teams this season. But do you think anybody in that conference has the ability to be cutting down some nets when we get to the tournament? Yeah, BK, I was talking about this yesterday, actually, and, and the madness in March Madness, I think, is going to be emphasized. It's always crazy, but, I mean, you look at the SEC specifically, and I think there's a number of teams that I could see go into the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, maybe the Final Four. Those same teams I could see losing on opening weekend because it's just there, there's – you know, you've seen it this year throughout the SEC. You've seen it in college basketball where it's just like anybody can get got at any given time, really, truly. Um, I think Tennessee's still the most complete team. Uh, I, I think Dalton Connect's arguably the best player in college basketball. Uh, they've got great depth. You know, they play with physicality. They're going to bump you all night long. I, I love what Rick Barnes has built in Knoxville. And so I think they're obviously at the top of the list. I think Auburn, what Bruce Pearl has built. I mean, your, your upper echelon right now in the SEC is Tennessee – Auburn and Alabama. I think all three of those could make the final four. I, I really do. Maybe even national title contenders. Um, it's just all going to be about who gets hot and who's not, guys. I mean, you look at a team like South Carolina, who's been upstart. You look at a team like a Florida. You look at a team like a LSU, who's coming on strong. If Ole Miss finds a way to get in last four in, like those are middle of the pack teams that 
I think, can make noise. All of a sudden, you look up, and they're Sweet 16, Elite 8, kind of coming out of nowhere. They're playing that Cinderella role. Um, what's Kentucky going to be, guys? This is a massive march for John Calipari. I mean, I talked to Kentucky folks months ago, like back in October, right before the college basketball season started, and they made the point, Chris, it doesn't matter what he does in the regular season. So you see Kentucky losing to LSU, losing to South Carolina, losing to Florida, and they're ugly games. But Coach Cal's tenure or Coach Cal's year this year, it's all going to be judged off what the run is like in March. If they make it to the Final Four, the national title, nobody's going to care about those losses in conference play. Nobody's going to give it him. That's what you're judged on at Kentucky. So, guys, if there's a team, though, that I'd be buying stock in right now, they're going to make it the furthest. I continue to go back to Tennessee. I think they're the most complete team in the SEC. I know Alabama's red hot right now, but you have to keep in mind, Tennessee beat that Alabama team a couple weeks ago by 20 points. So, yeah. And I think the rematch is upcoming soon, which will be a lot of fun to see. But uh, yeah. Tennessee would be the one that I'd buy stock in. But, guys, I mean, there's – there's six or seven teams in the league, realistically, I think, can make a run. They all also could lose on opening weekend, so it's going to be wild to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, BJ, I mean, you had a baseball question? Yeah, baseball yeah, yeah, question. yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, look, Chris, I, I, I hate myself for asking the most open-ended question of all time, and you could talk about this for two hours, I know. But just, look, for Texas baseball fans, we're the Yankees. I'll come out and say it. We're the Yankees. <laughs> Uh, and this fan base is pumped about baseball every year, and the expectations for. Wait Texas a minute! Did you say Yankees? Did he, just, did he just say Yankees? Well, no. then, Chris, let me introduce you to a <laughs> to a number a Yankee that everybody knows. Number two, right here. <laughs> number captain. two, number two in your on your number, but number one in your heart. There he is, Derek Jeter. Hey, Bucky, we would like to talk to Chris again on this show. All right, don't scare sure. him off, please. Uh, that the first time he joins us, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, just just a taste of what SEC baseball is. I think a lot of Texas baseball fans watch national college baseball, and they know how good the league is. But just if you could, for a couple of moments, just talk about the beast that Texas is about to walk into in college baseball. BK, the best way I can put it, it's it's, it's double A. I mean, really, truly, it's it's double A <laughs> professional baseball. I mean, that that's the level that you're seeing. And, and that comes from, I've, you know, I've, I've talked to plenty of guys that have played at the level and played at South Carolina and played at other schools. And they're like, I saw better pitching and better competition weekend in, weekend out in SEC play than I saw, you know, at low A, at high A. Like, I mean, it's it's legitimate pro baseball, it feels like. But it's it's the best of the best. And I, and I will say to you guys, credit, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, was talking about Texas and, and that I thought that they were, they were ready to make a splash in the SEC across all three big sports. And I talked baseball and – a lot of SEC folks, believe it or not, gave me a lot of hell for this. But I said point blank, when you think college baseball, yeah. you think of Texas. Like, I think of Augie Garrido. I think of Texas in the early 2000s and the national championships and the turf field and the Longhorns. Like, just for me, and I'm talking about my personal experience, like growing up, and certainly the SEC schools like LSU and South Carolina, but like Texas, Cal State Fullerton's like another one I think of. Like, Texas was one of those schools, like when I think of college baseball, Big-time college baseball, I think, of the Texas Longhorns. So I think Texas is going to fit right in. Now, again, 10 SEC weekends, what's that like? I mean, it's just a straight-up gauntlet, guys. We talk about how good the SEC is in football, and they're the best of the best. And we talk basketball, how much better the league has gotten, and how you know I think you could argue they're certainly on the up-and-coming and one of the best leagues in college basketball. College baseball, it, it's <clears throat> it's just a different animal, man. I mean, it, it, it is a literally – 
you go down the list all throughout the league, I and mean, we're talking about guys, we could have nine host teams in the SEC this year. I mean, that's how deep and how good the league is. So there are no off weekends. I mean, it's 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 the creme de la creme, and like I mentioned, I mean, it's it's really truly double A, man. It's like playing pro baseball weekend in weekend out. It's the best, the best, man. It's so much fun to watch. Um, everybody coming out of the bullpen is throwing 95, 96 nowadays, it seems. Your Friday night guys are throwing 97, 98. Uh, but again, looking at Texas and what they've got and the great atmosphere as well. And shout out to uh, Occupy Left Field. He's a good yeah. friend of uh, friend of the show. We've had a lot of baseball conversations. Uh, been talking about getting down there to dish fault to check it out. So, uh, And SEC fans, by the way, the great thing about it, man, obviously the football fan bases are greater in number. But while the baseball fan bases are smaller in number, the passion the passion of baseball fans, SEC baseball fans, Texas is going to fit right in with this. The passion is unparalleled. You see it with the crowds and the engagement on social media, and it's it's just awesome, man. So I think Texas and Oklahoma, but Texas specifically, going to fit, fit in really well, man, and it's, it's only going to make the best league even better. And again, as a baseball guy, guys, I cannot wait to watch these series. It's going to be absolutely yeah. electric. Yeah, Chris, wow. this was awesome, man. Before we let you go, we want to give you the opportunity to plug SEC Unfiltered. We uh, encourage all of our listeners and viewers to check y'all out, but for a moment or two, just tell people what they can find if they uh, find y'all's podcast and YouTube channel. Yeah, BK Bucky, I really appreciate the opportunity, guys, to come on the show. We're on social media, X, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you get your content, you can find us there. Of course, you mentioned uh, the YouTube, SEC Unfiltered. We drop daily content there, daily podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and, of course, our website, secunfiltered.com for all the latest from us, all of our written content, some other things there as well. But, uh, guys, I really appreciate it. Again, like I mentioned, man, super, super excited to see Texas in the SEC. And, by the way, uh, I may or may not have a futures bet on Texas winning the College World Series. It's got a pretty nice payout. So, wow. I'm not going to be mad if the Longhorns uh, – and I've already got them in my Omaha 8. So, I'm not going to be mad if the Longhorns <laughs> – prove me right and also put some money in my pocket so there you go hope, hope to see y'all in omaha <laughs> yes right, we do too we will not be mad about that either thank Chris, you so much fun. hopefully time. we get the chance to do this again brother really appreciate you yeah thank BK you bucky appreciate y'all y'all take care you too all right there he goes chris phillips sec unfiltered yeah they do great work check out the podcast check out the youtube channel check them out on social media as well and it felt like a perfect match you know we're texas sports unfiltered they're sec unfiltered we had to make that collab happen right there you go yeah. Very knowledgeable guy on, on all the sports there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he laid it out perfectly with baseball. Like, oh, yeah. you think SEC football is good? It is. Uh, wait till you see SEC baseball. I mean, it is loaded every year. And I think the last three national champions in college baseball have all been out of the SEC. So it's not just like, oh, the conference is good, but that's it. It's like, no, they're also winning national championships seemingly every single season now, too. So that's a now, big year for Texas Vandy, baseball. You know, Vandy may be at the bottom of the pile in football, but they're not in yeah. baseball. No, no, they're great at baseball. They got that unfair scholarship advantage in, in baseball, which is uh, ridiculous. But they're great. I mean, LSU just won it all last year. Uh, Ole Miss won it all a couple of years mm -hmm. ago. Vanderbilt's got a couple of national titles. Florida's got some national titles. I mean, you go down the list, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun, but it is going to be a gauntlet next year when the Longhorns make Love the move it. in college baseball. So, fun convo there, uh, and that's good to hear. Like, I, it's not surprising, Buck. We, we see what national people say all the time. 
like everyone's pretty confident about Texas football making the jump to the Southeastern Conference. But to hear Chris, who knows everything about every team, say that, no, nah, I feel like Texas is going to assimilate perfectly and the Longhorns are going to be one of the best teams in the league right away. That's pretty cool to hear. Well, they needed that. They needed that win last year. They needed that championship last year. There was, there was no doubt in my mind that going into the season last year that they needed to have a to at least be in a championship game. And there they were. They won a championship. They were in the final four. They continue to build on all fronts uh, of their football program, and that's offense, defense, special teams was good. They've got a returning quarterback. They've got good running backs, and then they've got the coach and the coaching staff that now. Now you're getting to see how the guys progress as the years go on. You know what I'm saying? They're not just, it's not just, sta- it's not a stagnant program any longer. It's a program that's moving up. So uh, I, I think it all worked out. It, all, it worked out perfectly for the Texas Longhorns when it came to football. I know it didn't work out perfectly for us. We'd like to see them in the national championship game last year. But for what they needed to do moving forward into this conference, it worked out pretty well, I thought. Agreed. Yeah. And even better that they didn't take your coach. Right. Yeah, it was a big-time shot in the arm to get that win in Tuscaloosa in Week 2. But I think every Texas fan wanted to see the Longhorns win the Big 12 on the way out their door for a million different reasons. But especially like, all right, hey, if you can't win the Big 12, how are you going to win the SEC? So to see Texas win the Big 12 and win the championship game the way that they did, I'm not sitting here telling you they're going to win the SEC next year. Probably not. But you feel a hell of a lot better about their chances to at least be at the top of the heap than he would have if they had another eight and four type of season. Oh, eight and four would have been disastrous for this team. Disastrous. I because then we'd be saying like Sark's on the hot seat. We might go six and six or seven and five oh. in the SDC, if not worse than that. And yeah, we, we'd be talking about who could the next coach of Texas football be. Well, we wouldn't be talking about some of these dynamic players that are headed to the NFL. You no. wouldn't have had that many. If you were eight wins, you wouldn't have had that many guys. You would have had some, but not everybody would have been going. Not the way they're going right now. It was a talented group, and it was coached like a talented group last year. And they've got a lot of players every turn. They really, really do. You know, when we think about it, the more I think about this offensive line, you know, being now going to year number three together, that's – that's they don't get many of those that that grow up, you know, grow up as freshmen and are still together. Plus, now you've got like an eighth-year senior at center. I mean, that's that's huge. That's, That's huge for this team. They will set the tone for a defense that loses some some physicality with players going off to the NFL. But they'll understand once they get to practice, they better buckle it up because that offensive line, they're not going backwards. They're going forward. So that's the fun part for me for this team. Amen. All right, Buck, uh, before we show the people some funny but also cringeworthy pictures. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Let me me tell folks about our good friends at Big Hat, Big Hat Spirits, BigHatSpirits.com. I'm into the mocktail. I've been 23 years sober, but you know, there are there are a lot there are times when I want to have a drink that's that's will really quench my thirst, taste good, and I found it with the mocktails from uh, Big Hat. They've got lime in it, lemon, orange, kabucha without the hucha, as I say. But they've got this taste of ginger that's absolutely thirst quenching, quenching. And there's there's people that will go to parties, BK, and feel like socially everybody around them is drinking now. I don't, I don't need it. I don't need, I can drink a cup of glass of water and be the life of the party. But there are others that, you know, as people are having a beer or whatever, they want to have something that, you know, I'm, I'm not saying similar because you don't want it to taste. If you're trying not to drink, you just don't drink. But if, if you want to be part of that party socially, some people have 
want to go into things slowly. They don't want to just jump into it. I'm not drinking. I'm going to be standing in this corner while everybody's got a beer in their hand. Try one of these mocktails. No alcohol involved, but you're going to love the way it tastes. And it's got some great ingredients. It's going to make your breath smell good. There you go. You come in there with some bad breath. Believe me, that ginger in the mocktail is absolutely the stuff, man. Mm. It's like cleaning my teeth. You know, I go to Dr. Ecker for my teeth. But I taste this drink in there and just kind of swish it around a little bit, drink it down. Man, does my breath smell good. But it tastes fantastic. Love the big hat drinks, especially yes, their mocktails. And I know the, the ones, the alcohol drinks, that people can have alcohol, unlike the Buck, because Buck doesn't know how to behave himself when he's doing those kind of things. You know, I, I, they've got some great drinks, and they're, they're in their local AGBs right now. Our friends at 7-Eleven are, are thinking about getting them in there along with their Olipops. So folks at Big Hat are really, really moving up in the world when it comes to uh, alcohol and non-alcohol drinks. So give it a shot. Yep. This will be the uh, the drink portion of our sponsors. As I'll give there some love go. to Olipop. You mentioned Olipop. Olipop is a game changer. It's a great tasting soda that's actually good for you. It got me yeah. back into soda. I had sworn off soda years ago because of how bad it was for me. And y'all know how much I love fast food. I couldn't keep eating the fast food and drinking Cokes and Dr. Peppers and Sprites all the time. I had to make a sacrifice. Well, now I don't. Now I still get to drink soda thanks to Olipop because it actually helps my digestive health. There's hardly any sugar, hardly any calories, and there's nine grams of fiber in every can. They've got ingredients that support good digestive health in every single can Tastes just like soda, and it's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for everybody. Get you Love some. all the flavors. Yep, tons of great flavors, too. They got more flavors, too. I was talking to my guy Steven over there at Olipop, and he's like, we got three new flavors getting launched in 2024. Nice. There's three more for me to try right there. Absolutely. Get you some HEB, Whole Foods, Target, Walmart, Costco, wherever you buy your groceries, you can get Olipop. And also, if you are trying to drink this weekend, how about the Altstad beer? Ooh, I'm going to make this announcement right now. Uh, I turned 30 next Saturday, March 2nd. There you go. That's Altstad, right. Altstad is uh, sponsoring a bar tab for my birthday at Kelly's Irish Pub on Old Torf. It'll be next Saturday afternoon. We'll post some details on social media. It's literally an open invite. Wow. It's my, it's my way to thank the people. Yeah, you people for 30 years on this earth. So those be ready for that. Do, those people can come. Those people can come. Anybody can show up. Maybe not kids. It is a bar after all. But, yes. uh, you know, it'll be a good time. But this weekend, you don't have to wait till next weekend to drink Altstadt beer. You can get you some for this weekend. Whatever you have going on, it should be beautiful in Central Texas. Please remember to drink Altstadt responsibly. It is the official beer of BK. It should be the official beer of you as well. It's Altstadt beer. No impurities. No regrets. Okay, Buck, I'm going to bring the guys on a minute early because I see okay. them ready because uh, I want to show them these pictures too. So Major League Baseball is in some hot water right now. And you're like, what? The season hasn't even started. How are people already mad at Major League Baseball? Well, Major League Baseball is in instilling, probably a better word than that, they've got new jerseys starting this season. And they've got this partnership. So Nike is the manufacturer of the jerseys, but they just partnered with Fanatics and they uh -oh. are releasing these newer, they're called performance jerseys. So it's different fabric, different material. They don't look as good. But what is causing the uproar as we bring the fellows on right now. Is it Costanza? Is it George Costanza? 
<laughs> it's not George Costanza in charge. There's cotton uniforms for the Yankees, huh? Wow. So here's, I've got four pictures to show you guys. What in the Oh, hell? nice crotch. What nice the hell? Jeez. On, <laughs> These fans are see-through. Ah, yeah. They know what they're doing. Sex sells. So okay. Girls like the long ball. Yeah, they like the long ball. Exactly. Wow. Well, speaking, of, speaking of balls. Oh, yeah. Oh, that looks like a hotel right there. No ballroom. That's like a camel. Oh, never mind. Moose knuckle. Yeah. Moose knuckle. Chicks dig the long balls. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look at them. I mean, you can see this guy's nuts, dude. Yeah. yeah. Good set of nuts there, huh? I, I know. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, what? yeah. That's on purpose. That's on Holy purpose. Moly. Touch your toes, girl. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. I know that's a lot of. I know a lot that's of. Not a, that's ladies. not a girl, Wags. As you yeah, can I know, tell. but that's just a saying that we used to have back in my circle of friends from uh, from high school. Uh, we used to say shit like that. But you're right, BK. That is. Look at the glutes. Wow. Oh my <laughs> god! Activate those glutes. My god, Why? Tiger, Tiger Woods. Woods. Why are they doing this, BK? I know a lot of I know a lot of ladies that like when baseball season starts, it's like okay, I'm ready for baseball butts. So wow. I, I'm assuming what in the hell is that? My <laughs> wife gets pumped up when it's sweatpants season. She gets to see like all the you know the easy access with sweatpants season and everything. She gets all pumped up for that. Are these Man, like pants know. built? Are these like little I'm jockeys kidding. built into the pants? Yeah, that right there, man. That looks like cups. What happened to their cups? That looks like a depends. That is, <laughs> that is worse quality than my little league uniforms, or, wow. or a little bit oversized uh, tidy whiteies right there. They're not spending a lot in Major League so Baseball this year. So the white stuff—that's the jersey, I think. Oh, that's oh, tucked in, and then you see you see the black sliding shorts that's through the see-through pants. So I think that's, that's what's going on. That is a loss. Man. Are they catching a lot of hell for this already? I mean, this. Oh, the players yeah, are pissed. The, I mean, people saw the, the tops. It's against the penal code. Look at it. Penal code. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm waiting for the NBA to bring back the short shorts, you know, because now those shorts are all the way down to their fucking ankles. So uh, bring the short shorts back in the NBA. All right. I, listen, that's disgusting. I'm going to let my wife out. You guys have a wonderful day. Have a good <laughs> weekend she, and be safe, y'all. Is she a dog? You just got to let his wife out? out. She in a kennel or what? <laughs> What what does that even mean? So what what do you got? You got you got an open bar going on. That's a very dangerous thing to do, uh, man. Very dangerous. Uh, oh it, yeah. I got to tell you, the timing is perfect because I was supposed to be in Corpus Christi next Saturday for a, a broadcast. This massive race. It's been canceled. I'm going to be in town. So so that's March the second. All right. Well, Rodney's going. I'm not going. <laughs> I don't know if there's enough money on the tab for the two. I know. Of you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I got we got to spare at least the people something. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. it'll be a big tab, courtesy of uh, my friends at the Altstadt. Yeah, Brewery. so we want to keep Altstadt as friends. Both of us can't go. Dang, that's right. Be. Yeah, so we'll we'll go and hey, we'll do like tag tag team wrestling wags. It's like you go in for five minutes and then and I'll go in and you know. <laughs> Every now and then we could double team, and then we'll just get the fuck out. Well, I mean that that was the other night, but we can't be doing that crap at BK's party. That only happens on Wednesday nights. That, that that's right, man. Uh, yeah, dude. What do you got going on this weekend? Anything crazy for me? Yeah, 
That's a good question. I got a couple of friends who have birthday parties. Uh, maybe we'll hit a Texas baseball game at the Dish. There you go. There you we go. Three game series against Cal Poly starting tonight. By the way, Augie Garrido got a master's degree from Cal Poly. Cal Poly. That's right. And also started his coaching career there. Yep. So there's your random factoid of the day. Exactly uh, maybe right. Austin FC game tomorrow. I just saw I got invited to that. So that could be in the works. I, so I don't know. So I don't know if I'm going to go to that. Like I had. I had planned initially to go to the Austin FC match, but I I think Minnesota is going to hand us a nice little shit platter on opening day. So, um, And plus, I, I don't know if I want to leave the confines of my friendly home and, and be, forced, be forced to be out in public with the rest of the fray. So We've got cool – don't we have cool baseball at Dell Diamond too, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we got a lot of good sports yeah, on this really week, cool We got a lot of good Dell basketball Diamond. this Saturday too. So, And that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to miss, you know, uh, uh, Kansas and, and Texas. I don't want to miss, you know, the Baylor game either, man. Baylor-Houston. There is a lot of good basketball on this, uh, this Saturday, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of couch time for me right. for sure. Yeah, right. For yep. sure. All right, no boys. Doubt. I'll get out of y'all's hair. Y'all have a great show. Great weekend. All right, man. Later.